Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. I'm excited to be here tonight. We're going to have a lot of fun. We have some fun things to do before we get to callers, but if you would like to call in tonight, the number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. All righty. Let's go ahead and get to our announcements. I want to... um, let you know that if you are interested, there was something else I was going to tell you about, and I can't remember what it was, except for I really, really like this cup of tea that I'm having right now. It's like stash tea, spicy, chai something, chai dragon, red dragon chai spicy. If you guys could go to the store and get you some of that and drink it with some sweet cream, because it's awesome. I don't know what I was going to tell you. There was something I was going to tell you guys before we got started on our announcements, but I don't remember what it is now. All right, so let's just go ahead and get the announcements, and I reserve the right to cut in on myself at any time. (laughs) If I remember what it was. Um, All right, so announcements. If you're interested in uh, putting on a workshop with us, okay, and have an idea you can do uh, a workshop. You don't have to be a professional workshop provider in order to put one of these on, remember. Uh, You can do one on your favorite poetry form. You could talk about your favorite poet. Take a poem and kind of talk about the different meanings that the poet may have intended. Look at an era of poetry. Actually do a step-by-step workshop where at the end we have a finished poem using your formula. Uh, Whatever it is that you want to put together, it'll be a lot of fun. These can be anywhere from 30 minutes up to three hours long, depending on what amount of time you need. So basically we could just, you know, start it and let it run until it's done. One and done. Uh, We can do these as a combination of live and or recorded. So if you want to pre-record, if you wanted to pre-record your show, your workshop, and like on your computer, and then send it to me in in an MP3 format after you had a chance to, you know, add the bells and whistles and do any editing you may want to do, uh, you know, and just work on it that way. If you want me to run one that's pre-recorded, just that simple, easy to do. We can do a where you and I are on the phone together and do a joint where I could like maybe interview the begin- interview you at the beginning um if I can speak and then you can go into doing your workshop and then you know we can pre-record that and play that and then if we wanted to after that part was over stop and come on live we can do that as well or do the whole thing live just depends on what you want to have done so yeah it'd be a lot of fun give me shoot me over a message on probably message on facebook yeah would be the easiest if you're not on my contacts list you can find me under nyla n-y-l-a like new york los angeles alicia last name alicia a-l-i-s-i-a shoot me a message let me know what you want to have put together and we will get that done i know mama's real excited about doing one soon that's going to be uh, that's going to be great having her there. All right. So now the next thing I want to thank our sponsors, and this is really cool. You know, I've been going into a lot of detail on this because I just thought it's been really amazing. Our 
2018 year licensing fees were up, and we actually did like this little uh, fund me type thing for the 2019 licensing fees for the Speakeasy Cafe to be able to be on the air with you every Thursday for our three-hour license. And uh, we had a lot of people, a lot of people this year donate. Normally it was just a couple that would, you know, email me and uh, and they would help me with the fees, but. This year, it, it was a whole bunch of people, and it's really fun recognizing them and thanking them for their support and just letting them know how much it means to all of us as a community to be able to keep this thing going. I mean, we're in October, we'll have been on the air for 13 years. Can you believe that? Yeah. So it makes me really proud of the community that you guys have built here, and just this list of sponsors is an amazing testimony to exactly that, what you guys have accomplished in building in this this community, this poetry community format here with the show. Uh, I just, hats off to you guys. I'm so proud to be a part of it with you. So I want to thank James Sapien, Sean Gullickson, Roslyn Prentice, John Case, Paula Sweet, Gary and Noreen Snyder, Mangus Khan, Ronald Bremner, Terry Galloway, Melvin Douglas Johnson, Uma Pochapalli, Christy Doherty, Julia Vargas, and Michael E., Edgeness. I'm saying his name wrong. I, I sent him an email and asked him how to pronounce it correctly because the, the, my, I just, it, my brain's not saying it right. I know it's not because it definitely wasn't that. <laughs> but anyway, I want to thank all of you sponsors for uh, for being here, taking care of that this year, and we love you and appreciate you and just are very thankful for this gift. And like I said, you know, I've said before, what's really cool is for these people are listeners. They don't even call into the show and read. So these are people who come here every week, every, every week to hear you that enjoy it so much that they reached in their pockets and helped come up with the money to help sponsor this show. And there are three of them who have not even called in in the last two years. That's how strong, that's the residual community, the, the residual effect of our community has on people that three of them who haven't even been on the show in, in over two years jumped on and, and helped contribute to the licensing fees. Just pretty amazing. I want to thank all of you guys, all of you, for being a part of this, you know, supporting us by calling in and reading, you know, supporting us by listening, supporting us like you did with, you know, helping with the license this year, those of you that did that. You know, all of it, all of it's what makes this community strong and and uh, thriving and growing, you know, still after all this time. It's crazy. Okay, so now with that said and done, the beginning of every show, I always give you a writing uh, journal assignment. I give you, which is part of our New Year's resolution to do something, little tiny baby steps. So one of them was a journal assignment we do once a week. Uh, I give you a writing exercise and a writing prompt. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. And I'm really excited about, we did the whole, you know, this day in history or, you know, did you know today is type of thing in April. And over the next couple months, I want to really concentrate, like May, June, we'll see how this goes. I mean, I could do this forever with you guys, uh, but I think it's really important. And it's such a simple, easy, silly thing that I don't think people understand that it is probably the number one thing you can do as a writer that's going to help you grow as a writer, that's going to help you write more. That There's a workshop that I teach called uh, Writer's Blocks and Urban Legend. It's like the boogeyman. If you don't believe in it, it can't hurt you. 
And so this is one of the things that I really, really try to draw home with people in that workshop is, first of all, one of your your New Year's resolution exercises type thing for this year was to buy yourself a journal or a three-ring notebook or a spiral, something like that, a notebook, just something that you can write in that's not the computer. I want your hand on a pen. I want your pen on paper. That is very, very important part of this because your mind has to slow down to the speed of your pen, where when you're on a computer, your mind has to speed up to the speed of your fingers, for most of us, not for me. I mean, I, I, I'm constantly waiting on them. They're just, they're just horrible. They're bad, bad fingers. They type slowly. Okay, but there's a, there's a reason you write differently when you have pen to paper than you do when you're writing on the backlit world. So the journal is so important. And one of the things that I that I can't even, like I said, I can't tell you enough how simple and easy this is to do, but how many of you will not do it. And I hate saying that because I love you guys so much, and I, I really, really want to believe that you hang on every single word that I say. And if I tell you to run to your paper and draw a smiley face, you'll do it because that's the kind of writer's discipline you have, either that and or the kind of control I have over you. Wow. Um, <laughs> no, but, I, you know, I, I, there, there's some of you out there that won't do this, you know, and and that's okay. You know, if you don't do it this time, then maybe, you know, next year you'll do it. But it's important. You know, it's it's hard adulting and it's hard doing discipline. But sometimes you have to do both. And that's really what I want to focus on with your journal assignments, at least for the next couple months. And that's free writing. Free writing, free writing, free writing. When we sit down at the desk, we put so much pressure on ourselves to create a poem I am going to create a poem. Oh, my gosh, what am I feeling right now? Oh, I really didn't like the way that lady said. And there was that lady at the bottom. And, and you sit there and you just try to dig and dig and dig and find something because you have to write a poem. And the truth is you don't. Every time you sit down to write, you just have to write. The key to becoming a better writer is to write. And that doesn't mean that every single time you sit down and you write a masterpiece. You have to be willing to explore, poke things with a stick, roll over, all this stuff. Okay, free writing is so important because that's when you let go. Creating a writer's discipline with a strong dose of your inner wild child's rebellious side, it takes a combination of both of those. Adulting to create the, write, the great writing habits and being accountable, and then at the same time, once you sit down to do it, being brave enough to let like all hell break loose and just roll around in the mud and throw rocks at windows and pull on ponytails and keep frogs in your pockets and, and drink a whole bottle of Coke just to see how loud you can burp. You know, there's an unbridled passion that comes from this place. It's where your own unique voice comes from, like running naked between the lines because you just don't give a shit, right? You have to have a combination of both of these things, discipline and unchecked daring. And can you be both those things truly? You know, can you do the things it takes that? Can you, your adult side give you permission, you know, to meet yourself head on like that, to push yourself outside of comfort zones, to do something you don't normally do, to sit down and take five minutes to feed your creative side. You know, your your adult side of you does stuff all day long to, to pay the bills, to keep the lights on, to put food on the table, to keep you, you know, in your habits, to do this, to do that. But what do you do during your day consistently every day to prove to your creative side that it is important to you, to nurture it, to feed it, to keep it strong? Free writing can do that because there's no rules. You just sit down, you put your pen on the paper, and you write whatever the heck you think of writing. 
All right. So I'm going to give you some topics. So you're, I'm going to give you some things to think about to put in your journal since it's, you know, whatever you want to write about because it's not remember, it's all about me. And you're doing your homework. <laughs> so free writing, free writing, free writing. I'm going to give you some some topics to write on, some different things that, that you know, okay, I want you to write something about this just as a kind of a, a push, you know. But whatever you do with it, you can write it out. You can make it as a... a you know, a poem, a story, letter form, just writing whatever's in your head. Just just sit, put your pen to paper and write. Write till your head stops thinking about that. You know, later on you can go back and, and look at that and and uh, kind of think about what you want to do with it. But when you do this one, I want you, you can, you can do, just, just sit down and start writing, okay? And it's a letter form, so, or a note form. But this week I want you to pick up your journal. And I want you to open to a clean page, and I want to thank you to write a thank you note to a friend who gave you onion and garlic flavored chewing gum. Mm-hmm. I want you to open your journal, and I want you to write a thank you note to a friend who gave you onion and garlic flavored chewing gum. And have fun with that. Make messy with it. Make messy with your muses. Totally nonsensical. You know that's one of the cool things about your journals is no one sees them unless you want them to. You know, and then give explicit directions on what should be done with them on your demise, which I really have to worry about. Seriously, that is like in the clause in my will. <laughs> what is to be done with my journals? Nobody can read them until every all of my family members or anybody else is dead in them. Yeah, so generations type of thing. I, yeah, now, now someone's going to break in my house and get them just to see. They're not really that exciting. Just trust me, I'm being silly. All right, anyway, so, yeah. I want you to write a thank you note to a friend who gave you onion and garlic flavored chewing gum for your writing exercise this week. Free write, free write, free write, or um, journal assignment. So journal assignment, that leaves us next to uh, our writing exercise. All right, An exercise is meant to push you out of your comfort zones, make you think about something in a way you may not have thought about it before, uh, you know, the... You know what I'm trying to say. I just totally lost my place because my, my whole screen, I have everything written out that I'm going to say before the show so that I don't do this, and it's gone. But that's okay. So what I want you to do for your writing exercise, and an exercise is meant to push you out of that place that you're comfortable writing, to make you do something you may not want to do. You know, things are only uncomfortable. You know, something new is only, new shoes are only new shoes till you've worn them once. You know, and make them start fitting you. Okay, it's only uncomfortable the first time. And once you've done it, then it becomes much easier. So most of us as writers, what we'll do is we'll sit down or we'll wait until our muse walks up and hits us in the head with a two-by-four and we'll sit down and we'll just write like crazy. And Or we'll sit there and we're just so sad. we got to write a poem. We'll sit there and say, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe that's on the news again, that red-headed clown. Um or, you know, so you wait for something to hit you. You wait for that passionate bug to hit you to sit down and write. And a lot of times what will happen is that doesn't happen consistently enough for you. So you try to force it. And when you try to force it, something goes from being fun to being work. When you have to work at it, there's a reason they say you work at something. So if you're having to work at writing poetry, then you've taken the fun out of it and you need to stop that. So you you can't always sit there and wait for 
for something that that big passionate rush to make you sit down and write. You know, sometimes you have to do things to go and look for it. Sometimes you have to look at something differently. You have to have input in order to have output. So we get under such emotional spells when we write that I want you to, as you're writing exercise, to write a poem to create something without emotion, something that there is no an emotion, there's no emotional attachment to. So it would be like me telling you to go write a poem about a purple kitchen sink. You know, I don't think there's a lot of us out there who are just going, ooh, 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 purple kitchen sink. She said purple Did you hear? She said purple kitchen sink. You know, it's just a very non-emotional thing. <laughs> so, and, and it's not something that's personal to you. It's like, why in the world would I write about that? I don't know anything about it. It's not personal to me. I don't, I feel nothing. It's like, it's like the DMV. It's beige. Um, but in doing that, that's making you do something uncomfortable. It's making you really think about the lines, trying to bring some emotion into into something that you don't feel emotion for. So when you can't sit there and, and you're sitting there and, and your muse isn't hitting you with a two by four and you can't write anything and you got writer's block, just know that you know no relationship should be one sided. If you just keep sitting there and taking and taking and taking from your muse, your muse is going to get pissed off and shut up. And then where are you going to be? And you're going to say, oh, my gosh, I've got writer's block. No, you don't have writer's block. You've just totally, totally, totally exhausted your muse. And they're taking a time out, and they're giving you the cytokine treatment. And nothing sucks worse than that because it's your own fault, and we pissed off our muse. So how do we not do that? Okay, we do things that make us go out of our comfort zone. We do things that that input images and things into our brains. You know, we read. Reading is so important. But creating without emotion. So, you know, show your muse. You can stand up on your own a little. Get a piece of paper, and I want you to this week. I want you to take a no- take note of to get your your prompts from your topic from, I want you to take note of words on signs, street names that you pass by when you're walking or driving or on the bus or whatever, Uh, the names of streets that you're passing, any signs that you see, anything, just write down anything that's on a sign that you see, and then pick one of them and write a poem about it, or write a short story, or write a prose piece about something off of those signs. So you're taking something totally unemotional to you and having fun and creating something out of it. And you'll have a lot of fun doing it, I promise. All right, so next, your writing prompt. Your writing prompt is actually designed to plant a seed and fester and grow inside your beautiful brains and create an actual poem. So the whole prompt, the whole point of this is to prompt a piece of poetry at the end. Okay, it can be, your prompt can be the title, it can be a line in the piece. It can be the concept of the uh, of the piece. You know, so just however that seed roots and grows, that's where you go. So just have fun with it. But I thought I would have fun with the prompt this week, and so the prompt for you is discipline, out of order, like a sign. Get it? That ties into the first part. Discipline ties into the other part. Your your journal assignment, and then your exercise. So, yeah, uh, you know, think about a sign that says discipline and then an out-of-order sign over the top of it. So discipline, out of order. That is your writing prompt for the week. All right, next thing we are going to do, I am going to play an audio 
file. We always start and end the episode with a track played by one of you that you've sent in and uh, try to fit as many of those as we can into the show during the show if we can, depending on how our caller lineup is. So if you would like to have your piece played on the air and for the world, you can email those to me at thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. That's T-H-E, the the Speakeasy Cafe at gmail.com. Make sure you put audio file, MP3 file, something like that in the subject line so that it kind of stands out for me and we'll get that uploaded to the show and be good to go. The track that I've picked out to start this week is by the Hydropods called Zoe. If you do not know who the Hydropods are, make sure that you Google them, look for them on YouTube. They are absolutely incredible. They... uh, actually were one of the headliners on our first West Coast Live Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry event we did at uh, in Salem, Oregon. And uh, it was pretty awesome to meet them and watch them perform and get to know those guys. They're like a genre all on their own, just incredible performers and writers. So without further ado, just make sure you go over and check them out. And uh, see, that could be you I'm talking about right now. So send those tracks in. <laughs> This is the Hydropods with Zoe, and we'll be right back. Summer. Warm sidewalk cafe with micro-brew summer simmer. Sig smoke going a hundred directions. Good feelings, feeling good, and mighty warm that summer. Micro-tasty, smackety-yummin' at the pizza joint in sun summer day and eight more hours of that day bright left. And Zooey Smith comes along in Jeep Stump, parking at the pizza joint. She goes past me to the store, making wacapella. She goes past me to the store, me thinking, there goes Zooey Smith with hair pointies, goes to the store. Me thinking, there goes Zooey Smith, high on strut, goes to the store. Me thinking, there goes Zooey Smith, nose nudging the puffy clouds, goes to the store. And Micro Buddy and Siggy Friend and Son and Summer Sunny Fun with Zooey Smith going to the store makes me think of the little readings and shows shared. The ones with me and Zooey Smith and me standing there like a Jeep stump. And Zooey Smith riding Laurie Anderson around stage, grunting Manny, Manny palms in funny boy voice, waving, prancing, and making spooky face. And turns me to look again at Zooey Smith going to the store, sees her sitting on sidewalk, knee-hugging, faddish and pyramidical, seeming caught between a tough tear and going to the store. Me thinking, Zooey Smith and I are not friends, not really. Me thinking, don't give a shit. Sip, sippy, micro-siggy and sunburn those lip strips, man. Don't give no howdy. But the tough tear seems to be moving. And she's a human like you, baby boy. A human like you. Sitting in her sad bag, staring at the inside of a teary. So the micro-booze and the ciggy-booze and sun-sunny-sun frowns down. Me thinking, okay, okay, okay. And me getting up and walking down the sidewalk-sitting wall-leaning Zooey Smith. Me saying, you okay, Zooey Smith? She looking like faced with giant testicle talking, like fear of giant testicle and fear of talking testicle at that. She looking like she knew me not, like we never stepped on stages or made wordy tag team dirty love to audiences in tandem or shared space or air or friends or anything but stranger. Zooey Smith looks at me as the hated despised. In fact, so cold and vacant of human like you, baby boy, talking to Zooey mad woman, T 
cheery, angry, and helpful testicle. Me thinking to Zooey Smith, me giant testicle talking. Not poet, not peer, not human, not worth her time. She growls and barks, scares me, the testicle, into a very hateful Mr. Resentful testicle. Back now and outside CDC, Dewey Smith behind me, burning your shadow stain onto sidewalk, onto me, my back. Micro bad, nasty, tasty, siggy shit. Sun bleeds black like Dewey Smith roots, like Dewey Smith heart must look to old girlfriends. Spikes, a dead end wife. Where do these thunderheads come from? Okay, that was the Hydropause with Zoe, and I hope you enjoyed that. I think they are amazing. So let's go ahead and get to the next part of our show. Once again, you are listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show. This sounded well. You've been listening to me so far, but now we're getting to the show. The Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show Sound of Ink. We are a call-in open mic poetry format. If you would like to call in and read on the show, the number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. Okay. And just kind of a heads up if you're waiting online to read, we do take callers in the order that you call in such as 832 is our first caller tonight. So listen for your telephone area code. When I bring you on, and please, this is very, very important. Uh, when you when you come on to the show, make sure that you introduce yourself, even, you know, even if you know that I know who you are. Uh, the listeners may not, and people listening to the show in the archives a year from now, 100 years from now, may not. <laughs> so you want to make sure that you always put your name on your work. That's very, very important any, in any format that you send it out there in the world. So please introduce yourself. Hi, this is blank, and, and I've got this poem for you. So yeah, very important. You, right now you can do two pieces. If you would like to read two pieces tonight, you can start out doing that. If the lines get too full and I need to cut that back to reading just one piece, that will happen. Just please be aware uh, if it happens on your call, I'm very sorry, but if the lines get too busy, we'll need to cut down to just one right now. You can do two. All right, then when you are done reading, and please keep your reads to right around the five-minute mark. Be courteous of the people waiting in line behind you. All righty. Then when you're done reading, make sure that you give out your URL so people will know how to come find you, get to know you and your work better, and uh, it'll be awesome. We do have a mature rating, so that means you are bound to hear, seriously bound to hear just about anything because I never know what's going to come up next. So, you know, just be prepared for that. But do know that we do not have an adult rating. So the only thing you will not hear here is uh, like word porn, you know, hardcore erotica, no bumping body parts, no tabbing into slot B, nothing like that. Other than that, we are good to go. Alrighty, so let's go ahead and get to our first caller. Actually, I'm going to give the first three callers so you kind of have a heads up where we are. We've got 832, 219, and 346 will be our first three callers. And because I know that she's going to be wondering, uh, 216 is after that. So let's go ahead and grab area code 832. 832, are you with me? Hello. 
832. Hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Are you there? Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm Soldier Blue and, and maybe I'm not. Um, wait a minute. Let me put on my Miss Cleo hat. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Oh, all I'm saying is a '70s porn star. And, and maybe I'm not. <coughs> Again. <laughs> How are you doing, Soldier Blue? Uh, I'm all right. Sometimes I wonder, but it's. Never that good thinking about it, so I just make a hell of it. No. Garbage in, garbage out. You know, well, you want to know, because uh, I'm such a Pollyanna, huh. and I know that I, I know that people, a lot of people really see me that way as just so sweetie, sweetie. You know, but we have more control of our own lives than we think. You know, we being happy is a choice. That doesn't mean happy things always happen have to happen and it doesn't mean that you have to be happy during bad things it just means that happiness is a choice in the fact that you have more control over yourself than you not you but we have more control over ourselves than we are willing to admit and it's how we face and deal with the crap that comes our way and so you know you always i always hear you you know there's so much crap going on you know, that just is so heavy in your heart and just weighs down your soul and pushes you to open your mouth and make a difference in those things, that the weight of that sometimes, that, you know, you can just, you can literally hear it, you know, and I and I know the profound emotional effect that it has on you. But when I think about it, those issues, there's part of me that chooses to be happy because you are out there. There's a soldier blue out there that has this amazing voice that isn't shutting up, that's doing something to make a difference, that is brave, that is daring, and that makes me happy. Does that make sense? And so I think about that, you know, and so even something horrible, you know, you can find a happiness in it. You know, thank God every morning that you wake up and you have the ability to scream, right? Oh, yeah. Because what happens when you don't, when you're not there to make the noise, and the ugly's still there? So thank God every day that we wake up and we are able to scream. Oh, I don't have any regrets. I know you don't. I don't. I, I you're don't a warrior. I just, uh, I don't, I don't look at it like that. Because I mean, my thing is, is that, and I've. And this is this is across the board. It isn't in one particular area of my life or another. It's straight up all the way across. I've sacrificed more than I'll ever talk about on the altar of my art. And I'll be goddamned if I make that for nothing. It will not be for nothing. No. No. No doubt in my mind about that. So what are you going to be reading to us tonight, my dear? Uh, I got one piece um, going. It's 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 that's kind of strange. I don't know. They, they come out sometimes, and it's like, really, those are the words that you want to use? There? <laughs> <laughs> like sometimes uh, the word yeah. is the only word. 
Well, I mean, it, I, and I because I've I put this down in another place, and it's that it also gets you know, that I get published in, and it really is true though with this particular piece. This piece came along with its own lexicon. I'm I didn't really try to put anything in as far as you know, like I mean, there are some some things that that you could just say are standard in terms of you know terminology that I use, but this one, like I said, this one came all on its own in its own way. So I don't know. I mean, it's kind of yeah, you know, it's it's good. Um, it's an uh, kind of an over 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 um, overview, if you will, of uh, the the Silent Sisters, uh, my people. And I mean, I I see it because you know, I mean, I know that there's a lot of the various uh, groups, you know, native groups out there that are, you know, starting to show up across my screen and everything. And they also are, you know, talking about the uh, days of remembrance for our missing and murdered indigenous sisters, sisters, daughters, women, wives, girls, babies, all of them are worth remembering. And so this one is called uh, Resonance Shots. Resonance, native daughters, sisters of kindred silence in shot forms of resolution, clean shots and images of earth, one note below, beyond low vibrance, color shots, slight rendered hand unmade, no hand to touch what cannot be seen, only received. With the word smoke of spoken spirit, monkey. Screenshots of desert mountains, bowls of old, bolt holes where bones go, wahi etronha. It is the distance, the clean edge of earth, monjongo. Where were you going? Seated plants in the cusp of your cupped hands. Spill the bones, the ride of green life. Oh, yes. The light in your eyes, kindred bond, resonance, shots, drop sounds into silence. Oh, my once light daughters, sisters, I do feel you now. Solid shots, resonance, stolen lives, wives, daughters, blood of mine, red earth. Blood dark shadows, the black as deep as the ocean. Countenance, flesh, skin, counterparts, diamond shot. Shocked with remnants of flight and violence, marks, lines, maps, violence, sometimes a domestic disease. Bone dissonance, earth inserted, implacable, unreasonable means for an end. No peaceful interment, no soft words to lay across the smoothed over disturbed pocket earth. 
on your knees or in your grave. How many sisters went invisible from such shot tonality? Resonance, the furnishings of a normal life all around them is silent, mute as they are, blunt lead smacks bone, blood blade cuts deep, soft, gray places of being no one can see. Only the infinite in attendance for their final sleep. Death defiance before dying. What was it that woke the crows? Gake. The shambles of a human being dropped, dumped, roadside, buried under snow. Frozen, startled, encased within marshland and ice. Yeah, oh. see the ticket price to home place. Resonance, the shot that shocked us all from complacency. Death, defiance, sky, sky lightning, lightning. Fierce eyes before dying. Ah, that's My sweet silenced sisters, red earth, we are all ghost road born, dancing, walking our way through life in the pressed shapes of remembered ceremony. Sleep well, my silenced sisters. We shall be joined forever, life and death, a cycle of dark and light. Incandescence in clear skies. And peace. Okay. I'm going to sound something that sounds, re- I'm going to say something that sounds really stupid but I don't know any other way to describe it. I'm trying really hard right now to think of another way, so me telling you this is my way of stalling. All right, so the only way that I can describe this, I try so hard, you guys, so please bear with me, follow along. Um, But I was listening to the way that you read this, and I've thought this before, and obviously I've never come in a, come up with a better way to describe it but the way that you and I don't know if you do this intentionally or if it's just naturally the way that you write or uh, you know if you even know that you do it or if other people have noticed it but you have a rhythm there's there's a rhythm to the way you structure there's an actual structure or format to the way that you write you will write something that is like a slap in the face. That is that is just like an absolute slap in the face, and then you follow it with this. It's and it's like a full stop because you'll you'll sit there and say something where you use tons of near rhymes and internal rhymes and sound rhymes and stress syllable rhymes and all of that to where you know you're using the same sound and it's very very musical, melodic, very sing-songy. 
So that's when you do that part, that's like the, the brush of the fingers across the face after the slap. You know? And then you go into using your native language. And that is like the exhale after the after the slap type thing. So it's it's like a progression. You you hit somebody, then you rub your hand over the ouchie and then you soothe with your words when you go into your native tongue. It's just it's really amazing to me because if you listen to it and you get into that tangent and you start going off on the very melodic part of your writing and then all of a sudden you'll have a line in there that absolutely doesn't rhyme that that really has its own individual standing and not really so much of a, it, it's it's definitely a nail or an anchor in the thought process that you're doing. And then right after that full stop you do, then you go into the native tongue. And it's just, it's very, I think that's one of the things that is so engaging about the way that you write, about the way that you perform, is you really make that emotional jolt of the slap, the the you know, the comfort of the hand, the soothing of the words. You get that emotional feel as you read along. I don't know if you know you do that or not. Well, I, I know some of it. I don't actually, it's not like I, I, don't, I don't necessarily think about it, and, you know, in terms of, you know, trying to intentionally work it in there because, you know, it's like what you were saying earlier, you know, you start trying to force things and it just sound, sounds trite. Mm-hmm. And I don't try to. I really force think anything. it's just I your natural have... voice, your own unique voice. Well, it's just yeah, I, I'm you know, I mean, I it's that that's what I call um, just following the uh, the natural landscape of the the words. You know, I, mm-hmm. I follow the words where they take me, and then at the end of it all, then it's like okay, like I said, because I mean, this one came out. Just like that, and I mean, it just uh, again, I, I I can't say it any better. You know, I just had it on, had its own lexicon because there's a lot of ways that I was putting the things in there that it's just like I I don't normally, you know, include that next that that kind of like that corner or that 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 line of the the, the circle, but for mm-hmm. for this for this for this one, you know, that's what was necessary. So I, you know, I did that, and and you know, and I, I do, I, you know, that is, that is what I like. I like the fact that it's not, you know, I don't, I'm not going to sit in the words that I always use. You know what I mean? I mean, they'll be mm-hmm. there, but they're not going to necessarily be always the ones that, you know, if something comes comes up, I'm going to like say, no, I don't, I don't say those things. So let me use something that I do use. No, I, I'll use the words that are presented. Exactly. Very well said. <laughs> all right, hon. Well, Tell everyone how to find you. All right, you know you can find me on uh, uh, Facebook at Rafe Wild, and then underneath in uh, parentheses it says Soldier Blue. Um, if you uh, are familiar with the um you can find my work in uh, Whispering Thunder, which is a native. Uh, Online magazine and as well. Sounds the, like the name of one of your porn yeah. movies. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, Sorry, listen, I listen, listen. I, I'm, a, I'm just, I'm, a, I'm just a member, and you know, I mean, how, however they want to, however they want to say that, it's like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll go along with you, you know. So, like, I'm not, you know, it's like, oh, oh I'm such a little shit. Uh, 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 look over there. <laughs> 
purple distraction. No, I don't, like, okay, so what? Hey, you know. <laughs> is that a stain on my shirt? <laughs> what were we talking about? Uh, oh, yeah, know. trying to find you. <laughs> oh, okay. And, yeah, and so that you can find me there, and then you can find uh, also the uh, the Red Earth one uh, is also available on the Anchor app as, uh, as the, the home plate, but also you can find the, the those uh, that particular podcast on uh, Google and Spotify and iTunes and a couple of others. There's about nine or ten of them all together. I don't, I can't remember all of those. But there, it's in various places on the pod that you know that that uh, cater to podcast, and I will be doing another installment here soon because you know just I need mean, I got some other stuff that I need to make sure it gets out there. So awesome. there you have it. All right, Mister Soldier Blue Blue, thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for sharing that great piece, and we will talk to you next uh, week, right? Yes, indeed. I'll have more abominations. I, I, um, uh, works in progress. <laughs> awesome. All right, then. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. I really want some pizza right now, you guys. What is it? It's like the show broadcast, show airs right at dinner time for me. So I've got, you know, three hours where I'm just sitting here about wanting dinner. Um, you know, so that might be part of it. But pizza, every time I get on the show, I want pizza. What's with you guys in pizza? You know, it's just hanging out, eating pizza, listening to poetry. Does I don't think it gets better than that. But I don't have the pizza. All right, area code 219. 219, are you with me? Yes, I am. Now, hey, doing? how are you doing, sweetheart? I'm good. Tell everyone who you are. Oh, that's green, everybody. I am brother of the Miracle. Professional poetry calling in from East Chicago, Indiana. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right, what did you bring for us tonight, sweetheart? Well, it's called It's Not Meant for You to Be. Brother Owen, it is not meant for you to live as a lifelong bachelor. My dear brothers and sisters, will listen live at the CTV Cafe. After my recent hospitalization in March, I took a long and hard look at myself and in every toy of work I've experienced in my life and came to the realization that I need a true queen or lifelong companion now. Because God did mean for me to live as a bachelor for the rest of my life. My dear brothers and sisters, here I am, a 44-year-old brother. With all the capabilities and potential of being a great husband to only one woman. And still one of the most eligible bachelors from East Chicago, Indiana. I have plenty of example, a great brother who are faithful husbands to their wives and my own circle. Yet it is challenging as hell for this very eligible bachelor to find his business right in the 21st century. 
not going to sit here and make excuses for my past transgressions and sins. I'm not going to focus on why my previous relationships and protodules with my royal school to attempt why, explain why I'm currently single. To focus on my past as a brother, used to date multiple women at the same time. To complain about how many heartbreaks, rejections, turned down, and all the other low down and dirty treatment that I received over the years. To try and figure out where I went wrong. But boldly declare that all women were no good men instead of brothers with hearts of gold. I did, brothers and sisters, after much prayer, meditation, thought, and consideration. I decided to come completely out of my comfort zone and start dating younger women exclusively. At this stage in my life now, I truly believe that dating a younger sister is my best chance for me to increase my probability of being taken off the single market permanently. No, I didn't suck. So I'm not playing an April Fool's joke. <laughs> I'm currently seeking sisters between the ages of 24 and 44 to be considered as potential candidates to go out with me on dates. And only one will be carefully chosen to be my future wife. I have no time or space to deal with no good women or women who are already married engaged on relationships. I'm too old for that now. I'm tired of these games. I want to sit through that true potential and can meet the basic qualifications to even be put under consideration for me to see as a potential candidate be taken out on a date by your children. See, I want a real woman with the complete package. Must have high standards, more expectations and values about herself, period. I mean, she must conduct herself as a woman at all times. If she wants to carry my last name or honor pride and dignity. And I'm not selling this for anything less than the best. No exception. And now, and that. Now to go. I'm a firm believer in giving this loving sister the opportunity to get to know me in detail and meet all of my true friends and family. I'm ready to get to know a sister in detail and to meet her family and friends as well. Check this out. The majority of my male cousins on both sides of my family are either married or a relationship. The majority of the brothers who are faithful servants in my church are either married, engaged, or relationships. My mother and father have been married for nearly 45 years. Most of the fellow, our fellow brothers in the Chicago poetry community are either married or relationships. 
most of the brothers who I attended high school with are either married or in relationship. Now, this is a clear sign from God. And I'm next in line to be prepared for the role of a husband. I'm, I'm finally ready to start dating again. And before this year is out, I will finally find my true queen. Because she did mean for me to live as a bachelor for the rest of my life in porn. <laughs> and that, folks, is self-promoting and self-belief at its finest. You have to love that confidence there. That was awesome. <laughs> Great job. Thank you, Lala. I appreciate it. Absolutely. My pre- pleasure, Brother O. Do me a favor, baby. Tell everyone how they can come find you. Those of you who are not connected with me on Facebook, that's the only social media network I'm on right now, you can find me on the Omar Brother O. Gathering. As always, I truly appreciate the support by tuning in and listening to the CDC Cafe every week. Thanks. Thank Thanks you, Brother O. We are so glad you're here and part of our family. You have a really good week, honey. We'll see you next week, okay? I'll be back. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye, sweetie. So I almost like totally started laughing um, while he was reading. It would have nothing to do with what he was reading. I got a text during the show. My phone is vibrating on the table because I normally remember to make sure to shut it off before the show starts. But it's so I looked to see who texted me. And have any of you guys ever gotten a, you know, it's like getting a wrong number, but it's like a, a, a text, you know, where it wasn't meant for you and it was just totally out of the blue. So I get this text today from a number I don't know, random number, and it says, uh, do you need to bring Dudley over this afternoon? So I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to be a smartass. And I said, I replied to the text. I knew it was going to be, it was like a wrong number text. And so I, I replied back and said, I don't know. Hmm. Who is Dudley and should he wear something sexy? And then I got to thinking about it as soon as I, I didn't even think about it. I was like, ha, this is going to be funny. Hit send. Right. And then I got to thinking about it and said, oh, my God. You know, what if that's someone checking on someone babysitting? And I'm telling, you know, make sure you bring your kid over to the babysitter. And, like, oh, my God, I'm just a horrible person. That sounds so flippin' pervy. And, you know, I was just, like, in total remorse of not thinking, making a bad decision and hitting send and not thinking before I did it. And so then I texted, immediately texted back and said, unless Dudley is a kid, then that joke was terribly unfunny. And then there was no reply, and so it's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I said, okay, I don't know Dudley, so I'm just going to shush now. And then I wrote, wrong number, question mark, and didn't hear anything back. And so I'm just, like, totally freaked out about this that I that I said that because it was such a – you know, just, just sounded so wrong. Anyway, or could have been sounded so wrong. I just freaked out about it. So I just got this text back, and it says, sorry, I sent the message to the wrong number. This is Brenda at K9 Corral, and Dudley is a dog who comes in here for daycare this afternoon. I totally spaced off that I had just called to find out about getting uh, helping puppy kindergarten for the new puppy I got. And so she was texting back that number for a dog, and it's like, oh, my gosh, so she to- so totally knows that this is me now. 
I can't I can't take my dog there. I just can't do it now, you guys. This is not even funny. Anyway, just had to share that my my doopy doop moment moment with you. Next three callers, two one six, nine one nine and three four six. All right, let's go ahead and grab area code two one six. Two one six, are you with me? Yes, I'm here. Hello, my beloved Hello. mama. I'm doing wonderful. How are you, sweetheart? Just barely making it, but I'm here. You sound tired a little. It's not even tired. I'm just, I've been in a lot of pain. You know, I've got, um, I've been diagnosed with stuff now. So now I'm up in the week. Uh, Inept. I don't know how to deal with it, so it's taking its toll on me. So I'm going to read Paul on Dunbar, and then I'll read one of my own. Okay. The one I love, my favorite poem by him, is Air Sweet Comes Down to Soothe the Weary Eyes. I've done this one for you before, but I'm in the mood for this one, and so I'm going to read it. Air Sweet Comes Down to Soothe the weary eyes which all the day with ceaseless care have sought the magic gold from the seeker flies ere dreams put on the gown and cap of thought and make the awakening world a world of lies of lies most palatable of life most power they spell this wrong <laughs> of work of life most palatable uncouth forlorn that say life's full of aches and tears and sighs so how with more than dreams the soul is torn air sleep comes down to soothe the weary eyes air sleep comes down to soothe the weary eyes. How all the grief and heartache we have known comes up like poisonous vapors that arise from some base witch's cauldron when the crone to work some potent spell her magic lies. The past which held its share of bitter pain whose ghost we pray that time might exercise, comes up and lived and suffered or again, ere sleep comes down to soothe the weary eyes. Ere sleep comes down to soothe the weary eyes. What phantoms fill the dimly lit room? Air. <clears throat> Our bodies forth within the teeming gloom. What echoes faint of sad and sick soul cries and pains of vague, inexplicable pain that paid the spirit's ceaseless enterprise. Come thronging through the chambers of the brain. Air sleep comes down to soothe the weary eyes. Air sleep. Comes down to soothe the weary eyes. 
where ranges for the spirit far and free. Through what strange realms and unfamiliar skies tend her far course to lands of mystery, to lands unspeakable beyond surmise, where shapes unknowable to beings spring, till faint of wing the fancy fails and dies. Much wearied with the spirit's journeying, their sleep comes down to soothe the weary eyes. Ere sleep comes down to soothe the weary eyes, how questioneth the soul, that other soul, that inner sense, which neither cheats nor lies, but self exposes unto self a scroll, full writ. With all life's acts unwise or wise, in characters indelible and known, so trembling with the shock of sad surprise, the soul doth view its awful self alone, ere sleep comes down to soothe the weary eye. When sleep comes down to seal the weary eye, the last dear sleep whose soft embrace is balm and whom sad sorrow teaches us to prize for kissing all our passions into calm. Ah, then no more we heed the sad world's cry or seek to probe the eternal mystery or fret our soul as long with hell replies. At gloom through which our visions cannot see when sleep comes down to seal the weary eyes. Arwans Dunbar, by, read by Vicky Aqua. That was amazing. You know, you can really tell um, when... I can really tell that this speaks to you, your soul. You know, there's writers sometimes that we will come across that when we read them, it's like you instantly, it, there's, there's a tangible touch between you and the other poet. It's like you're speaking the same language, the, the ugly duckling figuring out it's a swan, right? And you can tell by the way that you read him that you feel that connection to his writing. It's a very natural and relaxed way that you read his work. You know, as if you understand, you know, breath by breath how this should be read. It's just you do a great job with him. You always have. Well, thank you. Uh, I was showing him today. And um, the next piece I'll read, if we still have time, uh, is it getting uh, time to read only one piece or can I still do No, two? honey, you can, read, you can read two. You can read two. Okay. Well... I'll read this one by my other, it's not by my other favorite person, but he's one of my favorite persons, uh, Nelson Mandela, and he also loved my favorite poem. So it's included in this piece. I get to read two classics, plus my own is embedded in it. They call me Nelson. No man can keep the spirit contained. He herded sheep when they called him by name. 
his real name was Roly Halla. His teacher gave him a new name. Now they call him Nelson. His journey was long. He had plenty of company, he said. I had my book of poetry, plus many souls who met me there in my cell. I could hear freedom calling me when I was already free. Then when I knew freedom no more, I knew I could never become one of the sheep. No man can keep the spirit contained. I heard it, sheep, when they called me by my name. My teacher gave me a new name now. Now they call me Nelson. I could hear his name chanted in the bird's cry. Free Nelson Mandela. How many did we rescue from the sea of ignorance? Many, many, many. Hold on to your dignity, he said. The first and the only way to continue the struggle successfully is to resist, never compromise, never backward, forward, ever, forward, ever, a luta continue forward, we tread as the poem of Invictus dances in his unbowed head, forward, steady, ever ready, the people united can never be defeated, delayed, but never defeated, mistreated, but never defeated justice, honor, peace by his decree, like the story of Jesus, like the mountain and Mohammed, like the dream of Dr. King, Mandela's humble soul touched and reached because he spoke the language of the heart. Even while gagged and isolated, we still jumped for him. And when he was resurrected from Robin's Island, the energy was unleashed. And we were with him. Now sing your song, Kofi, and chant lamenting freedom songs. We shake the shaker rays and beads attached. Click, clack, click, clack, click, clack. Drums of joy moved weary feet. Now our feet are happy. You tell us to give you no praise, but which soul can ignore you? Who can help but to adore you and catch a spark from that twinkle in your eye? The creator gave him a great task to eradicate, to educate, to advocate, to elevate, and to resist. And with these tools, you and I can continue to break the chains that binds our minds. They call him Nelson, but his given name was the one that the gods heard, Roli Hala. We cried. We sang a song. They call him Nelson. And sometimes I recite the words from the poem that kept him strong. For 27 years, one powerful poem, the power of poetry and invictus. Out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, I thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. In the failed clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeoning of chance, my head is bloody but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears 
looms but the horror of the shade. And yet the menace of the years find you and shall find you unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments we scroll. I am the master of my fate, and I am the captain of my soul. I can hear him praying and asking for the courage to change things. Who is this man of unfaltering faith? They call him Nelson. In peace. That was incredible, Mama. Thank you, baby. What an amazing tribute piece. Thank you. You are very, very welcome. That was awesome. Seriously. I know you hate it when I say that, but it just was. It was incredible <laughs> no. to listen to. No. no, I don't. I don't feel like messing with you today. I enjoy whatever comments you gave me because I can tell where it's <laughs> coming from now. Whatever comes from the soul reaches the soul. And today your incredible reach my soul. So you've got to pass. Oh, I love you so much. studio open so I can't play it on the computer and I can't get it downloaded so I can upload it to the show go to SoundCloud and download it yourself you are the gifted uh, downloader I don't know how to do all that if I can figure out a way to pirate it off there I will they block downloads so I can't just download it but unless you make it available for download I think that's in the settings you can do that and just let people download whatever they want um so if you did that, I could download it. But I'll figure out a way. I'll figure out a way to pirate it. I'm not scared. <laughs> Whatever. I My muses planet, have a devious day, side. One day, one day, before I leave the planet, I'm going to hear, I always play music before the show. And today I have the hydro. No, no, no. I don't have the hydro box. I got I'm a holiday <laughs> Okay. <laughs> It'll happen. I have faith. Mine is dwindling, but I'm still hanging in there. Okay, baby, I love you so much. I have so much fun with Julia. That's given me some of the greatest 11, 12 years we've been together. Uh, and so I could never. Your mama. That's my mama. Mm-hmm. My baby, too. All right, talk to you soon. I'm going to listen to the rest of the poets. I'm going to put everybody on speaker now. I took it off speaker <laughs> so I could do it. No reverberation. Reverber- Whatever they call it, reverberation. So mm-hmm. here I go. So now, y'all, are people after me, y'all are on speaker. So let me hear you enunciate all these words and don't be talking like an old lady like I just did. <laughs> I love you, Mama. <laughs> bye bye. We'll talk to you next week, sweetheart. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye. Oh, you guys, I am so hungry. This isn't even funny. My tummy is growling. Someone, like, push pizza, pizza through the phone. Grapes. I like red grapes, too. 919, you are on the air. 919, are you with me? 919. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I told you it was 
Get over here. Stop cooking. You're cooking, aren't you? I was a little bit distant away. <laughs> Not hearing you real good, Granville. One second. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now, yes. No, I can't. Uh, yeah, but you're kind of cutting out. What's going on? I cannot hear you now. Yes, yes. Are you? Do you have me on speaker or something? All right, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to put I can't hear you at all. So I'm putting you on hold for a minute and I'm going to go ahead and grab the next caller and then I'm going to come back and get you and see if you can figure out your line cuz you keep cutting out and I can't hear you at all. All right, so we'll be right back with you Granville. I'm going to go ahead and take area code 346. 346 you're on the air. Surprise. It's Amelia Hi, T. Sweetie. Davis, aka Poetical Angel Queen calling from Houston, Texas. It is good to hear from you, sweetheart. How you doing? I am fabulous. I I, I thought I'd surprise you. I, I changed my phone number, so I knew you did not know who 346 was. I did not so. at all. That, but I have I, yeah, I don't check know your, very many people's numbers. <laughs> so. Well, it, you know, Blue Blue and I always had the same uh, area code, but now I have a different one. Uh, check your inbox. I sent you something. Okay. Um, so while you're doing that, um, my piece is a uh, tribute to the young <laughs> you hero. <laughs> I am so licking my screen, screen and kind of gnawing at it, at it like my puppy does the couch leg. You can't see it, but it's really unladylike. You know, if you guys are sudden shock, you'll notice because I'm drooling. Oh, this pizza looks so good. It's like got shrimp and oh, cilantro and yellow, red. Oh, yummy! I want that pizza. Oh, it's got lemon with it. <gasps> I want that pizza. All right, I don't know where you found that yep. pizza, but I want the recipe. <laughs> okay, I, I'll track it down for you. Uh, although you know you don't know how to cook, you'll probably burn it. <laughs> but I'll tra- I'll track down the the recipe anyway. I'm so very on to more serious. <laughs> You know, if ever I'm on the West Coast, I am going to come visit you and give you some cooking lessons. (laughs) Okay, please. (laughs) Definitely. Got to do that. Um, So now I'm more uh, serious. Um, This is a tribute. This poem is a tribute to the young hero. It's called Kendrick Castillo. He was only 18, just days away from his high school graduation. 
he had always told his parents, if ever there is a shooter in my school, I'm going to stop him. He was a young man full of promise. He was planning to join the military after graduation. His friends said about him, he was the best of us. He was a phenomenal person. He lived up to his promise to his parents as the shooter entered the classroom he was in. Kendrick Castillo charged the assailant, wrestling and fighting with him to save his fellow classmates. He lost his life that fateful day. He is the true definition of a hero. May God heal and bless his family and friends for losing such an amazing and awesome young man. This young man is an inspiration to all. When in a crisis, no thought of self but for fellow human. Kendrick Castile's name should be echoed throughout the United States for his heroic act. His name should be written in stone for all to remember through time. Thank you, Kendrick Castile for your selfless courage and sacrifice. May you forever rest in peace. Musings of Amelia T. Davis, a.k.a. Poetical Angel Queen, and peace. You know, that that piece really, really resonates with me hard, um, simply because of the fact that I was living in Colorado Springs, uh, when and my sons were in high school when the uh, Columbine, the very first big bad school shooting happened when Columbine happened, and how you know it was like you know at that at that time that was like 9/11 type of a shock. I mean that was just right. absolutely right. unheard of type of a, 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 a kick, a, a throat punch to the nation to have something like that happen. Exactly, and. Exactly. My son had that exact conversation with me, and I remember getting so mad because he didn't understand. He didn't understand and just how horrible the terror is. You know, but he said he told me the exact same thing. If something happens, I'm getting up and I'm going not going to let him hurt anybody. And it's because there was a threat at his school, that's what it was. Um, there was a lot of that going around after Columbine happened. Kids thinking that was freaking funny or something. Um, but there was he came home and said that they had a gun th- a gun threat at their school. That that somebody was supposed to bring a gun to school the next day. And I told him he was staying home. And he said, No, I'm going. And if something happens, he goes, I'm going to hang out right in the middle. You know, the same type of thing that you're talking about in that piece and that young man. Um, And so, from a mother's point of view, as you're reading that, and I'm thinking about that, and as as I've been thinking about that, um, you know, it's like I know what I, I I know. My son told me that exact same thing, and so I'm real. My, you're reading that about him, but but it's a mother's heart that's hearing it. You know that could have very right. easily have been right. my son, and so it makes it makes me listen to the poem in a complete. You know, I always say that the, someone's perception of something 
You know, so if I was a high school student, I would be looking at that completely different than I do being a mother whose son said that. You know, it's just a totally different emotion to that piece, and I just thought it was awesome. I appreciated you reading it. Thank you. Um, yeah, when I was listening to uh, the nightly news and that came across, um that story it brought tears to my eyes and I knew mm-hmm. I had to write a piece about him. Do you know what and, makes me uh, really think... sad, Amelia? Mm. Is that these school shootings aren't even you know, I remember just the total, like I said, a throat punch Columbine was. And that they just happen so right. often anymore that it doesn't have that shock feature. It doesn't it isn't it's it's horrifying and terrible and you know it's like being held hostage to fear sending your child to school you know but it it, it makes me crazy that it doesn't have the same throat punch that it did years ago because it just happens too often nowadays and that's even sadder and more frightening to me exactly um One of the basic problems is that we've gone from a nation of we, we as the community, we as parents, we as our neighbors, our neighborhoods, to me. What can you do for me? Oh, it's gone even further than that, Amelia. It's gone from to third party. You know, it's it's gone. There's no longer a we, and there's not even no longer an I. Now it's like me saying, Nyla Alicia needs a raise. Nyla Alicia needs this. You know, there's that right. self-absorbed self-importance that we now speak. Exactly. We now look and present ourselves to society in third person. Nyla Alicia needs right. a pizza. And, <laughs> you know, exactly. it's, it's terrifying. But exactly, and and so that that is the main problem and this is the complication this is the results from us changing from from our communities and our neighborhoods to you know all about me and i and um it's the same problem that um mr blue blue is bringing to us um about those girls um you know if we gave a damn about our fellow humans, then the poetry and the situation he is bringing to us would mean something and we would be outraged. And we would be sending letters to our government saying, what the hell is going on? Why are these girls showing up like this? But no, we're too damn self-absorbed into our own lives and issues and you know this has got to stop with the school shootings in the hood the children killing each other over a piece of the sidewalk and these mass murders going on and nobody's doing or saying anything about it except for blue blue and also um you know i'm connected to a few Indian organizations, and I've seen some of it, too, as he was saying. But, I mean, as a nation, we need to, you know, stand up and scream about this, and we're not. And it's going to keep happening. It's going to continue to happen. 
So, anyway, much love, darling. You can find me on Facebook under Amelia T. Davis, E-M-I-L-I-A-T-D-A-V-I-S, or Poetical Angel Queen. Much love. You can always find me here every Thursday night with Nyla. Blessings. <laughs> Next Thank poet you, up, as Stan would say, you're welcome. <laughs> I don't know where the boys are tonight. I'm having some issues with the lines here, I think. All right, Amelia, we will talk to you soon, honey. Thank you. So I don't know if we are having – I haven't got a message back from uh, tech support yet, but – the chat room, I don't think, is working at all. I, I'm trying to get it open. I'm not even sure if it is open right now or not. So if you're trying to get into the chat room, I'm having issues as well. If you're in there or if you're trying to get in, just keep poking it with a stick if you're trying to get in. And uh, I'm trying to get it to work on my end. So I don't know what's going on there and don't know what's going on with the lines. Right now it looks like we're we're uh, there's when there's issues, there's emergency lines that come in, uh, the dedicated lines. And so we've got five right now, which means the other lines are down. So if you are on hold or uh, don't hang up if you're on hold, if you're trying to get in, just keep trying, and it'll bump you in as soon as we get those other lines to open up. All right, our next caller comes from area code 202. 202, you are on the air. Two zero two, are you with us? I'm sorry, I'm here. Hey, you. how are you doing? Um, I'm I'm okay on yourself. Introduce okay, yourself so. to everyone. Uh, uh, I'm King Skaden. Um, Thank you, sir. One one half for the um the team Storm Skaden. So with Janet Storm, uh, uh, we're not here uh, together at the moment. She might be here, but uh. Right now, it's King's Cadence. Okay. So, um, how are you? I'm doing absolutely wonderful. It's been a fantastic week. You know, I, did I did you hear that I got just got a new puppy? I did not hear it. I heard you were hungry. I am hungry. Oh my gosh! I'm so I'm really. You know, is I. Oh, I'm not even going to say it. You know, I said there's a, there's part of me that's hoping that uh, Charles doesn't call in and read tonight because he always has food in his palms and he just like twists, makes my tummy growl when he reads because <laughs> there's always food in his palms. So I, 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 need, to, I need to prepare myself and brace myself because I really do hope he does call in. <sighs> I'll, I'll tough it out just to hear him read. But So, yeah, it's good to hear from you, sweetheart. I am hungry. But, yes, I did just get a new puppy, so my week has been very exciting and strange and wonderful. Okay. Okay. Uh, More than you probably uh, wanted to know, but I told you anyway. Oh, no, it's fine. <laughs> I like puppies. So. He's so cute. Okay, I'm done. So, okay. um, sir, um, Mr. King, my darling, what did you bring for us tonight? Because I would really love to hear you read to me. Okay, um, I have a piece called um, Holding Back the Tears. Okay. By King's Gate. Alright. Says, uh, I lay here, my eyes fixed upon ceiling parts that are chipped. At the tune that beautifully played in my mind, 
it begins to skip. And I ask myself, where are the keys? The keys to the control that I believe I actually received. The fear and the screams that has me thinking that this has got to be a dream. My heart racing, but I now know the basics and how to be patient, but I never knew how to tell if it's true or beautiful faking. Am I that referred to gimmick that among countless mentioned, I wasn't even in it? I suffer cuts that dig deep. Now it's difficult to sleep with emotions that still exist, but I can't slow down to hear you speak. Not me. Not me for surely this cannot be me. Why I send it to safe planes where I wasn't even able to see. Self-hate and everything black about me, the soul of a Nazi, and it kills me with the with the appeal familiar as they trill. How they deal with you. Like be happy that someone beautiful even deals with you. Smile that you smile that you actually felt for you. A noose made from this belt for you. I keep holding on. I keep holding on. I'm having these sleepless nights with continuous thoughts of what I didn't do right. I'm beyond the hype. I'm beyond what the thought was right. I exist with survivor sites, keeping me afloat while people skim through quotes and hopes of what I wrote on these notes, and I often left to signify that if I die, you can tell I was actually close. The last legible word said, as I kept holding on, to be simply read. And peace. That was phenomenal. You know, I, I hear the two of you read together so much, I don't get to hear you guys individually very often, and which is amazing because you guys, well, I mean, it's amazing that I get to hear you guys read together because you guys have just this seamless, flawless, uh, amazing style writing together. But I really like it when I get chances like this, too, that I get to hear your individual voices. You know, even with as, as familiar as they are and as seamlessly as the two of you blend, you both are still very unique in your uh in the way that you write and present and look at things and uh you know it's like two individuals when you when you're together you're a whole but when you're separated you aren't halves you are still holes so you're, you're two holes that come together does that make sense did that make any sense at all yeah. it makes sense <laughs> Oh, good. I think if you listen back to the show to the archives and listen to that like seven or eight times, it might make more sense. <laughs> no, um, I didn't know if um, if you had a lot of people and you were down to just on one or not. You know, I always no, honey, come you can back with two. Oh, okay. Well, my second one is, uh, is dedicated to um, my favorite um, poet, um, Joe Perry. Um, he kind of inspired her with his coolness. Uh, it's called Joe's Groove, and uh, uh, here it is. I see the world in piano hues. The black and white of it is. I haven't seen slated greatness since 88. Shit. I've hushed crowds to snow bunnies that beam they lust crowds. So what now? Those that knowingly roll with me. Mm, okay, let me start over. Uh, <laughs> I messed up, huh? I see the world in piano hues. The black and white of it is. I haven't seen slated greatness since 88. I've hushed crowds to snow bunnies that beam their lust brows. So what now? 
those that knowingly roll with me since my start as a protein know we get to the meat and potatoes of things. So with that being mentioned, the band warms, the symbol strikes, ignite hypes, and I've got life. I'm seeing sense through smoky lens sense, and since God got me, I'm not simply concerned with who got problems with me. Last I heard you hate it. Classic verbs, I'm greatest, observe, I'm greatest, amazing. You're going through changes and tell me how good I might be one day, but my ego's pre-masturbated, so take it slow. We grow when I'm deep in my voice. I got a sexy overtone. Hot words alone got them ready to come for me. That's a phone bonus. Reverberated monotone, death test, I'm in blessed. Confessions obsessed, I guess I am home. I exude coolness, phonically frigid, frozen, phenomenal flow wizardry. We boast like animals, duel of every type. Don't act like you don't know our energy. Get it in. We legal types, sim- we legal types, symbol, I am symboling. Chasing security to make us D.I.E. I am Zimmerman. My people in arms with closed fists ready to fight or do it to a torso. Head in the face, evil, a shoulder of responsibility more so. You know, arms, fists, wrists, torso, heads, face, shoulder. Probably ranking golly how I shine from the upper body. My cops get them shook and already crooked. I always thought the law said if I could fight a con to face the man, then go ahead and book him. Between us, Mm, but that's between us Too much garbage to clean up Read between the lines Never tell them that you're seeing this. That's Joe's groove Wow That was amazing Thank you, I appreciate it And you said that was that was Inspired by Joe Curry His style of writing Yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he's a man that's amazing so, um, uh, real quick, you can find us. You can find me at uh, anywhere <laughs> on the internet under King's Cadence. Um, <laughs> creatively spelled the cadence with a K, A D E N C E. Um, also with my uh, partner in rhyme, um, Gina Storm, or you find us under Storm's Cadence. Also with the same creative spelling on Cadence, and. Um, uh, my baby should hopefully should be through. She had an amazing night last night. She had a show and she did a feature and she was all over the place. So I'm uh-huh. just trying to. Yeah, she she's had to rest because she was doing it all yesterday. So I'm sure she'll be through. So thank you for the opportunity and the platform. <laughs> You're very welcome. You're very welcome, King. We will talk to you next week, sweetheart. Indeed. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So I have completely just went on the lines. Um, I'm going to see what's going on, see if I can get these back up and going. Um, I still have this. I have two lines open right now. And I was just going, I was just testing Mama's line. She's still on with me. I can't unmute you. So something's going on here. If you're trying to get into the show, if trying to get back in on the board and it's giving you the fast, busy signal, just keep trying. Um, you know, if you're not able to get on, just keep uh, keep trying to dial the number. It'll let you on eventually as you get these line issues fixed up. But what that does allow me to do is to play some tracks and such. 
so that'll be fun. Oh yeah, if you're trying to if you're trying to dial in for those of you who are trying to dial in, or if you want to try dialing, and the number is six four six five nine five three nine six five. That's six four six five nine five three nine six five. All right. So we have Mother's Day coming up uh, here pretty quick. It'd be kind of neat to, uh, you know, think about writing your mom a poem for Mother's Day. It's funny. I'm not real close to my mother at all. I was raised in foster homes and just kind of getting to know her uh, as an adult has been very challenging for me. And uh, But I wrote this poem, and I'm going to read it real quick because we're having issues with the lines and I'm waiting on reply from the text. I'm going to read you a piece that I did real quick because it's about my mom. No, it's actually about me, but it's kind of about my mom uh, in it. And I like it. Because it's probably I don't have a lot of really great memories as a kid. I don't have I, I don't have one memory of my mother ever hugging me, if that makes sense. So, you know, I, I really hold on to my little endearments as I got them. And so I love this poem because it encompasses one of those moments of endearment I had with my mom. And uh it's just really fun. But there you know, a lot of you who know me know that I have totally totally unreasonable fears, uh, phobias of things. I really, really, really hate clowns. I cannot even tell you how they creep me out. Um, I hate clowns, which is pretty common. But I also hate spiders and that one. But I love snakes and I love mice. I chase them around, try to get to catch them when I see them. Um, but I don't like spiders at all. They make me cry. I just, they totally, uh-uh, not spiders. And moths. I hate moths, those big fat millers. Oh, they're horrible. And butterflies. Butterflies aren't much better. They're just moths and drag. They're they're moths with way too much fashion sense. Okay, they've been visited by the Fab Five. Um, so yeah, not not real big on butterflies. They don't scare me, but I don't like it. But Miller's those moths. Oh my gosh, can't even tell you. So I wrote this poem uh, called Miller's, and I'm going to read it in honor of Mother's Day. You know, and. <laughs> it's really funny. I, I talk to Christopher about it sometimes, and and uh, you know he says you just need to write people off when they're they're that way. And it's like you don't have to be. She does not have to be a good mother in order for me to be a good daughter. We have to take responsibility for ourselves and our own choices. And it's okay. She does not have to be a good mother, but I am still a good daughter. So, um, you know, this is this is for my mama. You know, as as complicated as we are, this is for my mama for Mother's Day. And it's one of my very endearing moments with her. And it's called Miller's. And it goes, I remember thinking there were way too many moths in the world. Those dive-bombing, hair-attacking kamikazes who somehow knew instinctively how badly I was frightened of them. My mother used to laugh whenever one would send me running in a panic. They're attracted to your inner light, she would say. So I would sit whenever I saw one, very still, eyes closed, thinking dim thoughts and staying as far away from bright ideas as I could. So that was called Miller's for my mama for Mother's Day. Now I am going to uh, play a couple audio tracks and give them time to get these lines back up. Once again, if you're getting that fast busy, just keep dialing in. Number six four six five nine five three nine six five. I see eight oh five on there. Eight oh five. If you want to come on, press one. I'll see if I can get you unmuted if that feature is working. But if you're just hanging out listening, that's fine too. I see you on there. I just can't do anything with you at the moment. But please do press one if you haven't already to let me know that you want to come on. 
I am going to play a piece by Dun Dun Dun. What shall we play? Uh, I was hoping I could find something on here about mothers or f- something, but I don't. I don't see one right off the bat. So let's play Andrea Gibson, and this is "The Moon Is a Kite." Here we go, folks. From the other end of the phone line, my little sister says, Andrea, poppy flowers are beautiful in the right light. I say, Laura, you're right. And landmines look like toys to children until their limbs explode. And their families find their bodies in ditches on the side of the road. Our mother is crying herself to sleep again tonight. Your daughter is in my arms wondering where you are. And maybe this light is right for you, but from here, I can't see the stars. In the morning, the sunbeams will look like jail bars. Please, come back. Please, I'll breathe I love you into your bloodstream until the needles can't compare. I'll tether my veins into thread and stitch them through your torn seams. I'll scream light into your bruises. Still lives beneath your track marks. You can stand on the cliff of my heart and shout nothing but ugly through me. I promise all I will echo back is beauty, beauty. You have always been beauty. Did I ever tell you on the day you were born I stopped believing in Jesus and started believing in you? And sometimes it's the metal in the wind chimes that reminds us how soft the breeze is. So even when you grew like a switchblade, pupils dilating the apocalypse, more junk in your veins and blood, more rage on your lips than love, I still believed in you. I knew you blew this world a kiss and no one blew it back. And I wish I had a road map back to that time before that first time you mainlined midnight in search of an escape. I wish I'd had your back that night. I wish I'd told you life is going to hold you at gunpoint, but time usually comes with a white flag cause right now there's a body bag around the moon and every time your daughter cries the constellations look like chalk outlines of crucified angels in the sky and I'm not sure I'm strong enough for this I can see the veins in my wrist too clearly can feel the knife in the drawer we're more alike than you know but your daughter's heart is beating I can see her pulse in the soft spot in the top of her head in the other room our mother is asleep and dreaming now of the way we were when we two were just baby Babies like her and maybe we'll never be that new again. Maybe there will always be days when the sunbeams look like jail bars. Maybe it will seem we have more scars and lifelines sometimes. But I've found it's always worth trying to find a way to walk away from the landmines and hope you come back with your skin intact enough to drink the moonshine. Girl, I know you think this world is too dark to even dream in color. But I've seen flowers bloom at midnight. I've seen kites fly in gray skies and they were real close to looking like the sunrise and sometimes it takes the most wounded wings the most broken things to notice how strong the breeze is how precious the flight so I'm still not believing in Jesus I'm still believing in you I'm still telling your daughter the moon is a kite attached to a string that's held by your mother and I promise she's coming back soon that was absolutely an incredible piece Amazing piece by Andrea Gibson. The next piece I am going to play is When I Was 13, and this is by Virginia Voss. Here you go. When I was 13, I didn't believe that I was beautiful. So when people told me I was beautiful, I wanted to look them in the eyes and ask them what that meant. What is beautiful? What do you mean by that? But instead, 
I would smile and say thank you. Because I didn't want to come across as rude, not accepting their compliment, but how do you accept a compliment you don't understand, that you don't believe? My entire life, I never felt beautiful. I was told I wasn't, and to the point that I believed that I wasn't because of the way that I look. Not because of who I am, but because of my appearance, I was not beautiful. I looked in the mirror and thought that was all beauty could be. What you can see in the mirror is what I thought beauty was because the world around me was telling me that that is beauty. So when I looked in the mirror and only saw things that I wish I could change, I didn't feel beautiful. I saw my acne, no gap between my thighs, my discolored teeth, and I didn't feel beautiful. When someone would say something like, God doesn't make mistakes, I would want to raise my hand and say, well, what about me? What about me? I felt like a mistake. I always felt like I couldn't feel beautiful because every movie, every song that I heard told me that I couldn't without the validation of others. They would say, you don't know you're beautiful, but here I am to tell you that you are, so that means that you are, but why? Why can't I feel beautiful on my own? But that was until I realized that I can. It all changed one day when I was at a library and a girl laughed out loud at the book she was reading and I thought to myself, that is beautiful. And it confused me for a moment because I wasn't talking about her appearance. I ran home and looked in the mirror and asked myself, are you beautiful? And for the first time in my life, I responded with yes. Yes, you are. I repeated it 10, 20, 30 times until I was consumed with the thought, I am beautiful. I finally didn't see my appearance. I saw the people that I love around me in a sea of I saw the things in the world that make me happy. I saw the little things about me that make me unique and differ me from the rest of the people in the world that I finally felt beautiful. I went on a walk that night and named something beautiful about everything around me. I could finally see beauty in everything around me and that was everything to me. And if I could tell the me that didn't know her worth or the fact that she is beautiful anything, it would be this. Some people live their entire lives without knowing that they are beautiful. Some people die with the thought, I am not beautiful. Understand that beauty is perception. Though there is a dictionary definition of the word beauty, beauty has no real definition. Because it is redefined every day. And you, you are a definition of beautiful. Someone finds your laugh, your intelligence, your thoughts, and every little thing you don't like about yourself beautiful, and who are you to tell them they aren't? You are blinded by your insecurities and hid away by your fear, but please, try and know true beauty, because when I was 13, I wish I knew how beautiful I am. Okay, wow, that was really deep. That's probably really weird for you to hear from me because I'm not really ever that deep. I get deep on topics sometimes, but I never get as deep as a poem. But I asked on Twitter if you guys wanted to see this, and quite a few of you said you did, so I thought I'd do it. I'm really sorry that it wasn't one take of me just reciting it. Um, I can't memorize it very well. I tried for, like, hours, and it just didn't work. So I had to kind of just recite, like, a verse. Verse. Is it called a verse? I don't know. At a time, um and then just edit it all together. So I hope that's okay. I hope you still got the message from it. I write a lot of things like this. I don't even know if you would consider this poetry, but I write a lot of these kind of things. If you want to see more videos like this, let me know. But as always, all my
my social media is linked down below if you want to go follow me on things they're always down there but yes i love you guys so much and i will see you when i see you again goodbye Heart. It will be the last word to this poem, but I need to say it now. Because mine may be too weak by the time I get to the end. So let that one word echo until then. Heart. Heart. I remember Heart. when I was just a young kid, growing up, learning about life, using my imagination. So hungry for knowledge I remember when I was just a young kid Running up to the ice cream truck Saturday morning cartoons The only page in the newspaper that I loved Were the drawings Trying to figure out the back of the cereal boxes Yes, I remember when I was just a young kid And then I turned into a teen I started to have dreams And as bad as things seemed I used to always make them worse my parents tried the best that they could, but I always caused them so much pain. For everything that those other kids had that I didn't have, I needed somebody to blame. The more that I complained, the worse that I felt. These are the cards that I was dealt, but I kept to myself. I think about the innocence in youth, the ignorance in truth, the serenity in lies. My memories just die, and now as I'm older, I realize that the world's gotten colder. But what if I told you that you're lucky? That you're lucky to even be able to listen to these words tonight You're lucky you can walk out of your home without feeling fright You're lucky for every day, for every night For everybody that's in your life For having a voice, for having sight For having hands to pick up and write Yes, you're lucky that you're even alive To have a job, to be able to drive You would realize that you were lucky If you stopped looking at those who had money And started looking at those who were hungry Every morning I open my eyes and I inhale my first breath and I say thank you for giving me one more day to prepare myself for death. This life that was given to me is truly a blessing. It's far from heaven. Yes, I get this. But at least it's closer to heaven than closer to where hell is. Hell is the first drop of blood that drips down a ten-year-old's thigh. A man on top of her and she can't get out her cry. It doesn't take too long for her to realize that she's looking into her father's eyes. Hell is young chicks being trained to love quick, sent overseas on bunk ships, traded the pimps for hundreds. At 12, they're trained to suck it and push it and club it and stay within the budget. This one chick couldn't fit the condom on one hip, so she let him rush it. She was on her way to having one kid. It would have been a son then one hip from this bum's wrist. He hit with just one fist and left the dead body rotting in her stomach. She treated her baby like shit and flushed it. Hell is... Right down a dark alley a man bleeds With a belt around his arm he can't see But at least he's happy and at peace He says pass me the glass piece One last feast But sadly this man feels he can't breathe Pulls out his wallet and then sees his family As he sheds his last tear Hell is a Mexican slave Breaking his back for American pay His cousins are involved in the heroin trade But he chose to raise his family in a much better way But hell he will pay every day He rests in the shade On the corner like a prostitute he steps to the plate He steadily waits and then gets his way When a big escalade gets him some pay Some bricks he will lay For four bucks an hour the sun melts him away He yells for some rain He thinks to himself there must be a better way But now his chest is in pain He's breathing with the heaviest weight his breath is delayed, the sun has got him red in the face As he falls to the ground, he thinks about his daughter A heat stroke, and now she doesn't have a father Hell is 
A poem like this that can go on with so many different stories And nobody's willing to pay it forward if it doesn't involve the glory You don't give love in order to get love You give love in order to become love I remember when I was just a young kid Innocent as one can get, I used to love it I remember when I was just a young kid Now I look back, I appreciate the fact that my body's still intact That I can read and do math, that I can think about my past That I can cry and I can laugh Imagine if you could feel the entire world's pain for just one, one second It'd feel like an eternity of hell And then you'd feel blessed with the opportunity of right now Because the only thing that matters in the world is right now So let your light shine now So bright that it could never die out Why now? Because tomorrow is not promised And yesterday is gone And after we pass away, our spirit will move on The life that we end up living is the life that we choose And if you make the best out of every day, you can never lose So go out there and say thank you I hope you hear my message I hope there was a reason for the line No fear, be brave And do something with your time And know that there is no ending And there will never be a start If you just block out your mind And follow your I don't have a problem with pornography. I mean, I don't get upset when I see sexually exploitive commercials. <laughs> In fact, <laughs> those are usually my favorite ones. I mean, I don't know what her ass has to do with my hamburger, but I'm going to drive through the very next day. I have a problem with violent movies or images or the word bitch. Don't have a problem with jokes about women. In fact, I freely admit there are times where I sit back with my fellas and kick back, talk about some bitch and how I wish I could hit that, talk openly in public places, unconcerned if your kids laugh. I mean, it's just words, just jokes, just dudes talking shit that you never expect is going to get back. However, I do have a problem with violence and cruelty and rape and abuse. And even if we know, it's just me. It's just you. It's just a few harmless chokes between me and my dudes. It still perpetuates a culture where it's easy to confuse the link between the jokes and the bruise, between her getting choked and what's just jokes between dudes. And if there's a connection between the things I don't have a problem with and the things that I do, then perhaps I need to rethink my views on the way we view women and how many views sexually exploitive images get on YouTube. My best friends have beautiful children. And if what I have to do to keep their daughters from getting raped or harassed or abused is choose to accept domestic violence as a man's issue too, then I'll do that. And if their sons grow to be like the men that they see, so it's on me to live like the men I want them to be, then I will do that too. And when they're of a certain age, I will tell them this story I heard when I was young about this village being terrorized by lions. See, every so often in this village, the... Villagers would wake to find beds, ransacked, bodies torn. And for some odd reason, the bodies were always female. Panicked, uh, the men of the village started sleeping in shifts to make sure at least one man was always watching. Despite that, the lions came. Too worried to sleep. Now, the mothers crept to the beds of their babies, and there, watching over them, they learned why the victims were never men. Because on random nights, for unknown reasons, as the fog crept in and the moon caught in the branches, the boys and men of the village became the very thing the women they loved feared most. When I was young, I thought that story was about lions. It's not. See, we are children, the monsters are under the bed. When we are adults, the monsters have moved. 
They are inside us. They fight us. They climb in bed beside us. And so to stay safe from danger, we raise our girls to believe they must avoid it. And we raise our boys to believe they must become it. And so they do. And then one day, they grow up to discover they are the lions. They are the ones you're watching out for. They are the ones. We ask her, what did you do? When we should ask him, what have you done? But we don't. As if we can't blame him. As if it's her fault for failing to accept that being safe around men, that's not safe to expect. I mean, she got in a cage with a lion. She deserves what she gets. And as men, we have to reject that mindset or the violence won't end. We have to accept most often it starts in the hands and hearts and minds of men. And we are the lions time and again. And if we aren't the lions, we are on their side. Too often standing proudly in defense of the pride, perhaps afraid that if we stand with women against the lion, we will ourselves be devoured. And so, ironically, to prove we aren't cowards, we become cowards. To prove we aren't weak, we become weak. To prove we are still lions, we become sheep, unwilling to do the one thing that must be done. Speak. And our silence, and our silence. Chokes as heavy as hands, it stings in every black eye where men stand, violence lives or dies. And that is why to call this just a women's issue is a lie. We must be involved. This is a problem that cannot be solved with our silence. If we want to end the violence, we must speak. We must act. One in five women are raped by men. We must own that fact. 640,000 women and girls are trafficked for sex annually. We must own up to that Three women are killed each day by men who say they love them. That fact is ours and ours alone. Domestic violence is ours to own. This is what we must understand. This violence ends where it starts in the hands and in the hearts and in the minds of men because we are the lions. Time and again. All right, that should not have started playing. So, we are having issues with the lines right now. I have got area code 585 on. I can see you, but I cannot unmute you. Please hold tight. Uh, King's Cadence, I see that you're still on, and we have 805. 805, if you wanted to come on, please press 1. If it'll let you, if you can, if you're here just listening, appreciate you being here. But if you want, eight five zero, press 1, and uh, that'll put you in the lineup. I'll try to get you Unmuted as soon as I have control over my lines. So I'm going to play another piece real quick. This one is Cassandra Tribe with Striking a Match. Here we go. Striking a Match. Holds the promise of many If I have chosen to pour gasoline on myself, on others, on things, then the promises of destruction that will have no meaning. For no two people shifting nature, where the ash shall agree. And why I struck the flame. Houses will be left without them. People will be chosen to blame and if anything of me is I will be examined 
cannot believe that the nature of destruction is to destroy all meaning. Striking a match holds the promise of many things. If that match sparks a flame that flares to a candle, then the smallest part of life isn't trapped. With flickering boundary, its borders are protected. Worn up by the waves of night. In that small circle of light, vision lacks clarity. And life has the substance of science. And no two people shall agree. For the nature of flames and fire is to disappear. Striking a match holds the promise of many things. If that match falls on wood pile just so, then flame feeds fire. Light cannot help but be cast. Reveal what has been and what is yet to come. Yet fires by nature consume themselves, or what is foolish enough to void. And no two people will survive. The coolness of night when the fire dies, or the hunger of the fire grows For the nature of being consumed is to stay till there is nothing left within. No one person can survive in darkness, cold of For each and all are beyond their control. In striking the match, there is a promise of
people begging to behold with every sense I have in me. The vision of he whom I was told is my destiny, my love, my greatest of love. My love that scorched my dreams, my love I could taste in my sleep. Silence. And then, words spoken. He is already there. Open your eyes. So I did. And he was right next to me. So, this is not a love poem. This is an already loved poem. Hello. Hello. Okay, can you hear me? Yes, can you hear me? (laughs) I can hear you. So as you can tell, we are having some issues with our lines and everything tonight. So uh, that was Miss Epiphany Castro, you guys, with Not a Love Poem. And we are having issues with the line. I'm going to, if you're trying to call in and get on, uh, just keep trying. If you're getting fast busy, if it's just not connecting, just keep trying. So I'm glad you were able to get on. Hello, other person who's breathing with me. Yay. <laughs> Please introduce yes. yourself. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. You wish me a 585. This is Doug Curry. Hey, Mr. Curry. How are you, love? I'm good. I'm good. So we have a little issue tonight. I'm Yes, it's been very fun. We've been, you know, we don't get a chance to play a lot of tracks very often, but whenever we have line issues like this, it's kind of nice to be able to just share some of them. So, so yeah, that's why you guys should get me your tracks, by the way. Just, you know, a little plug right there. Wait, the positive stays a good thing. (laughs) It's just blended in here for your listening pleasure tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So, anyway, I, um, I was I was looking at some older stuff I had done, and sometimes I like stuff that deals with irony. So this is an encounter, encounter with a woman named Troy, T-R-O-I. It goes like this. Met this chick the other day with my best tonnage, pizzazz, 
posted up players pattern. I said, hey, dog, baby, sugar, mama, mommy, my shorty. And not a word did she say. Then I spied her badge, the name kind, name tag kind. Hello, Troy. Yeah, that's it. With her best black woman rubberneck roll, she rolled her eyes and said, Do I know you? And Paul. <laughs> Often we are legends in our own mind, right? <laughs> Oh, I loved it. Hey, sweetie, are you going to read two tonight? Uh, I would if I said, oh, wait, wait a minute. I'm, I'm on my set where I, can, where I can grab one real quick. Yes. I, you know, I kind of thought that I should be ready to do that because we have a problem. Yeah. I hate to be the cause of dead air here. You know what's really funny is, is that like when I'm playing the tracks, I, I've known the tracks, I've heard them for a long time. I'm waiting for a reply back from customer service, so I'm sitting here looking at recipes on the internet while, while I'm listening to these tracks and waiting for tech support to email me back so I know if I can even talk to you guys tonight. And it's like bacon jam baked brie was Ooh, the one right. I just came I'm I'm stalling so you can pull up your palm is what I'm doing here. But, yeah, bacon, bacon jam baked brie. I am so drooling really? right now. Say that again. It's bacon what? Bacon jam. So it's a, like it's like a jam you make out of bacon. So it's, it's like a – yeah, so it's kind of like a, a maple caramelized bacon uh-huh. jelly. Okay. Over, uh, I'm going to try to break. Oh my God! Your imagination is broader than mine, and so I'm going to follow you on that and say it's probably going to be good. <laughs> it's the picture is toe curling. Let me just put it that way. So I got this thing I wrote called the roar. Um, so like this, written in vernacular, so I have to kind of breathe it in for a second. Okay. Skinny white gal with your dress heights high. Stretch your little stuff, nasty little devil gal. Shake your shimmy. Do that chop and fall to death. Whilst I play you this black bottom red deck. Hey, boss, man. Need to shine? Put y'all pretty cars, spats, and top hats. And high stepping gals in your rum runner's way. Yes, sir. They say these 20 bees are roaring. From Tulsa, from Tulsa to Jackson, Memphis on down, Peter Fields, Medicine Show, Ma Ring, Burke Williams, and Black Grace Crackers, Peddler Voodoo Charm, Coon Tales, and Bottle Jake. Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Life for y'all every day. Like it always sunny, and any clouds soon pass. But some dark ones here, with a gnarly growl, so low y'all done forgot it. But without Ned Rumble, it's coming the day soon when y'all forgot about cloud or opens up. White winds and rain gonna flood the Delta and dust hit the plate. And all y'all dreams gonna crash on the New York street. Y'all gonna hear the roar. They moans and groans from people's wild and filth underneath y'all highlights, straining to live off scrap, leaving from y'all's high times once the floods 
the dust and the thanks shut y'all down and gone. I absolutely loved that piece. And this is going to sound really strange to you, Doug, but you know what stood out for me most in that poem mm-hmm. as a woman? What's that? Is, I loved it, first of all, in the beginning, because immediately you took me to the 1920s, and I was going to tell you that that had a very 1920s flavor to it before you actually did anything that was concretely tying it to the 1920s. Okay? But when you were talking about the girls... Right. Mm-hmm. Immediately, that took me to the to the wild-eyed, shimmy dress-wearing girl of the night. I mean, immediately, I was on the shimmy girl, the flapper girl of the twenties. That's instantly where my brain went when you were describing that. You know, and the way you said it. it what, what was the line? Nasty girl. What? What was that line? Skinny white gal with the dress high high, such a little stuff, nasty little devil gal. All right, so nasty little devil gal. If anyone knows, you know, first of all, you would think if some guy said that to, if you walked up to a girl today and said that, mm-hmm. you would probably get slapped and, you know, sexual harassment and everything else. But back in the 1920s, back in that era, saying that to a girl was endearing, mm-hmm. you know. I think that the 1920s for women was the only era where women understood that their greatest power was in being a woman. Before that, we were all tied up and corseted up in morality during the Victorian era. You know, then the 1920s come around and we were nothing but pure flipping sass. You know, we were we we were truly women on fire, and then we come up to, you know, the the end of that era, and all of a sudden it's women's rights and and all this other stuff, and we start acting more like men. But, but I think that the women of the twenties were flipping amazing. <laughs> I loved it. So that is, it's weird that that's what stuck out to me on that whole piece. Um, I mean, the whole piece was amazing, but that's the part that really got me emotionally was was that image just. That era. Well, you know, I think on on two different edges, the 1920s were uh, a, a time of vast sexual liberation for women, and mm-hmm. at the same, there now there are feminists with a big F who would think the two things don't coexist. But at the same time, it was sexually liberating. It was also uh, it was liberating women as as women, as co-equal beings, even mm-hmm. though it objectified them, but, you know, it was there to objectify. If it wasn't there, it couldn't be used. So it was yeah. there. And, and, uh, but in between, you know, it's interesting that what, what you say about how free it was in the 1920s, and the next thing you know, it became straight lace and it was like men in blackface is what it was. Uh, um, mm-hmm. What happened, in, what intervened, was a very puritanical or tried to be puritanical era of prohibition that, you know, the, the teetotalers and, 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 and the women's, uh, the, the church women who wanted everybody back on the straight and narrow really. Yeah. The prohibition this. gals, the, uh, what were they called? Um, they really had this. I forget. Yeah. I was trying to think of it too, but they were really having their say. And of course, in in so doing, they helped 
create a whole lot of things that they could not imagine, like organized crime and, you know, a lot of things between men and women as well. Mhm. I'm trying to be sly and Google it real quick. <laughs> so so I could say, oh, yes, the women's group was this was the name and sound all intelligent, but I didn't Google fast enough. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I still can't find it. I know I just watched like three freaking documentaries on this a week ago. No lie on uh on Amazon Prime. I just watched The thing about the scene with the 20s is and, and how the temperance the temperance movement movement. Yeah, temperance. Yeah. But yeah. how this okay. with the 20s played both sides of the line on race is that the, the uh the freedom of expression and thought and, and, and emotion and art is something that black people always had because they didn't have anything else. Okay? Yeah. They didn't have anything they can draw out of themselves. So that, you know, black people always had that. And then when the crash came, you know, the suppression wasn't anything new to black people. I mean, to, to have, you know, to literally not know where your next meal was coming from was not anything new to a lot of black people in the South or in the North. No, no. So we're a little bit differently prepared for for what what happened there. Um, actually, as we speak, I actually had written a, a different poem about, uh, and I don't know if it's on this site, about that very same thing, about how some people had to come to find out what black people have been. Oh, yeah. May I? It's just a very short poem called 1932. No, you weren't welcome to, please. 1932. An average American in a slept-in crumpled suit stuffs today's unread news into holes in his shoes, burps the taste of greasy chicken soup sliding stale mission bread down his gullet, regards two smelly ragtag nigga hobos, Lapping the same charity meal and realizes sadly the Bolsheviks may be right. Is that in Palm? Uh-huh. Can you hear I'm my sorry. puppy in the background? No, I can't. Oh, he's howling. Like a little wolf he's puppy. He's, sitting, he's howling in the background right now, so I'm glad you can't hear it. <laughs> that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, I am. I'm going to let me ask you this real quick, Doug. Before um, anything else, C- can you stay on the line just in case I can't get any other lines unmuted and I'll have you read something else? Uh, you line, I'll look for <laughs> What's that? I will definitely. I'll stay on the line and I'll look for another poem. Okay. All right. I will go before you do that though, just in case we lose all the lines. Go ahead and tell everyone how to find you. Yeah, I'm Doug Curry, and I'm found under my name, Doug Curry, on Facebook. Also found under the name Blacks and Blues, which is the name of my radio program that airs on Friday nights from 9 to midnight on uh, org. That's 9 to midnight Eastern Time. Saturday night, the same program airs for one hour at 10 o'clock Central Time at WDCB.org. And, of course, I'm found on allpoetry.com for writing and reading other poets. And of course, Thursday night. Wonderful. Of 
course, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> right here, folks. <laughs> Which I'm most Well, we enjoy you. All right. So let me go ahead and see what I've got going here, see if I can get the other lines unmuted and bring you back on if I need to. Is that okay? That's fine. I'll be right here. All right. Thanks, Doug. All right. We're going to go ahead and try to unmute King's Cadence again. Are you with me, hon? I sure am, but I brought you Gina Storm. Yay. Thank you. Hello, Gina. Are you with us, honey? Yeah, I don't know what's going on. The lines are just totally messed up tonight. So I uh, I just barely saw the email where it said he was going to try to three-way call you in. So, yay, I'm glad you're here, honey. Yeah. I heard you had I'm some so exciting stuff going on this week. Oh, yeah. Um, yesterday night, we hosted our show at the ONE Network, the Cadence Storm, for three hours featuring Desire. And I was also featured on The Vibe with Rob Morrow and Casey. So uh, I did double duty, and I've never done that ever. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. That is awesome. Well deserved. Thank you. It was wonderful. It was so exciting. I slept the entire day away. I mean that literally. <laughs> That's nice sometimes, isn't it? It's a thing. I call it energy saver mode. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Recharging. Now, I'm refreshed at that time. Yeah. <laughs> So now that you're all awake and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, what did you bring to read, love? Well, tomorrow is World Lupus Day, and um, I was diagnosed with lupus at 27. Told that uh, my life expectancy was 30, so I was trying to live hard and fast in three years, and I'm now 49. So <laughs> I'm grateful that the diagnosis was incorrect, and as I've been living with lupus, I've been inspiring others. So even if lupus isn't something you're battling, albumyalgia is also being recognized this month. These are two chronic pains, autoimmune diseases that attack my body daily. Um, so I'm going to freestyle a piece in regards to what that does to me and how I get through it. Awesome. I have lupus and fibromyalgia. I don't want them, but I have them still. Every single day that I'm alive, I feel ill. Sometimes it's just the achy, shaky thing that goes along with, like, when you have the flu. And other days, all of my muscles and joints hurt. Like, I've been working out without warming up or cooling down. Just giving my body that pound. Hitting the weight and the heavy bag with everything I have left in me. Until I'm exhausted, but I wasn't, and I don't. That will be too much impact on my body. Like I said, my joints and my bones, every part of me is being affected by these diseases, and I wish it wasn't the case, but it is. And I think this is the reason. There are some people in life that are just supposed to be warriors. They're giving harder battles than others. So that people can see the difference between just coping Merely surviving and thriving. For every day, I live my best life in spite of itself. I meditate. I do yoga. I eat well. I drink plenty of water. I get fresh air every day, even if it's only for a few moments. 
my allergies and asthma act up often when I'm out in the stain, but that's all right because I was taking them with me. I have to be out there. I have to feel suddenly, even for a long time on my skin, ultraviolet lights in the sun are not my friend. I break out in hearts and just as often. I have to wear long sleeves and pants, even a big floppy head and shades in the summer to protect myself from the sun. That should be my friend. It's not really a bummer. I've just accepted it for what it is. And I know what it's meant. It's not going to kill me because I'm not going to give up. I'm in a storm. I'm fighting this is the problem I'm out there every day, not just in May. I'm bringing my awareness to people who have no idea what I go through. And all I ask is that you have positive vibes and good vibes for me, even if it's not in your nature to pray in peace. I absolutely love mm-hmm. The strong voice in that, and that's, that's a hard thing to go through. You know, if someone isn't familiar with it, they should educate, read and educate themselves. You know, it's it's easy for people to be aware of a name, but I think to be able to understand truly and to be able to connect and understand and support our neighbors, our community, our fellow, you know, brothers and sisters, if you want to put it that way, that we understand what they're going through. You know, I really think that we owe it to each other as human beings to be aware. You know, so I think that that piece is really important, and I think that people should really pay attention to stuff, you know, take their eyes off themselves long enough to be able to to walk, to educate themselves so that if they have to, they can walk in someone else's shoes and truly do it and not just give the whole, you know, President Trump, oh, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with you. I don't care about your thoughts and prayers. You know, I want to know that you hear me, I see me, understand. I want to know that I'm safe, that I can count on you, you know, these type of things, you know. So to be sincere in our in our empathy, I think, is very important. Absolutely. So it only and takes a couple minutes to sit down and read things. It's amazing. It does. It's amazing when people have no clue what you deal with or how you get through the day, and then they just, when they see you, you look normal. They call these invisible diseases because I don't have rash or um, something that's protruding from my side or an obvious uh, issue with my walking or my speaking any longer. So when I look healthy, people think I should feel that way too. And that's, that's mm-hmm. the best tiny face I put in for the public because every day on the inside, I, I feel like a ball of people. You are absolutely on fire. Out of here, but it will never be the day. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I say that all the time. I'm just a crumpled piece of paper trying to get through life. <laughs> That's a very good analogy. I like that. Thank, thank you, dear. <laughs> Go ahead. Praise and that woman of yours. Oh, yeah. Because I couldn't get in. I thought I was so lost. I was like, I don't know. She's like, I have to come on this All right. Sweetheart, do me a favor. I am so glad that Mr. Cadence was able to get you on with us tonight. Please tell everyone how they can find you and get to know you and your work and support you in your writing and network with you. Absolutely. I can be found at Gina with the New Storm, at Gina Storm, as well as Gina Storm Spoken Word Freestyle. It's my vintage for my artistry, as well as the Cadence Storm Poetry Hour featuring Desire. You can leave your thoughts and comments as well as your poetry in this group as well. We can be found on Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram, all at Regina Book, Regina Book 7, 
and Gina Storm. Thank you. Awesome. So you guys both you guys both do freestyle together, right? Um, he writes a piece that I freestyle with compliments. You can freestyle. He's not comfortable enough to do it regularly in public the way I do. But uh, because of what I have, the lupus and fibromyalgia give my brain a fog, which in the middle of a thought I could lose a word. So rather than try to read a piece that I've written, because I do write poetry as well, it's almost an impossibility for me to read what I see because my brain's all over the place. So I'll do yeah. what I call a piece style, and I'll take a piece that I wrote, and then I'll embellish it around the previous writing. So I do piece styles and freestyles only, but he's just such an amazing writer. If he didn't write the pieces that he does that I freestyle with, I don't think that my voice would be as strong as it is. <laughs> well, I think you're both amazing. So thank you guys for being here. Hey, King's Cadence, thank you for calling and getting Gina on tonight. Just an amazing thing. Appreciate it. It was uh, really amazing being able to hear from her via from you. Thank well, you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Gina, guess what? Now I got a puppy. Yeah? I got a puppy. Yeah. yeah. I have a fur baby. I'm going to be one of those people. I have a fur I baby. I love baby babies and I love puppies. Absolutely. Wonderful. Congratulations. He is, he's a nine-week-old. He's nine weeks old. He weighs 24 pounds already. And he is a German wow. Shepherd Husky hybrid oh. wolf mix. That makes There's pictures of him on my, I just sent the DNA test off on him too, and it'll tell me what percent of all of those that he is, and I'll post that when I get it. But if you look on my personal page on Facebook, uh, you'll see picture. I have pictures and videos of him posted. He's so cute. He's adorable. Absolutely. I'm I'm there. (laughs) Yeah. Pardon me. I said, I've had a, a German Shepherd and a Husky. Just never a wolf yet, so. Yeah, this is, this is going to be, it's kind of it's kind of a crazy situation. They told us he had a little bit, or she told me that he had a little bit of wolf in him. I went, picked him up, bought him, brought him home, talked to the wife. I talked to her wife, and her wife told me, oh, no, no, he's really super high wolf content. And it's like I don't even know if it's legal for me to have him right now. So we had to do the DNA test, and we're going to find out the state laws to, after I know how much wolf he is, whether or not I can keep him or I have to turn him over to a uh, sanctuary, which has really got me upset. But right now I have him, and he's my baby, and I love him dearly, and we're having all kinds of fun together. So, um, yeah, but he's he's definitely wolf puppy. <laughs> The rules, the rules and the percentages vary by state, so hopefully you're in a place where it will be allowed and he's at a percentage which will allow him to be a pet. Yep, me too. I hope so. I hope so. So, But we'll find out. It's kind of exciting doing the DNA test. We're, doing, we're having a, uh, a baby shower slash meet and greet slash DNA rev, uh, revealing uh, dinner barbecue baby shower thing for him. <laughs> I'm going to be one of those pet owners. You know, <laughs> I promise I will not put him in a little sweat sweatshirt, though, that says Bubba. Say it again, King Case. What would you say, baby? If you're going to do DNA, don't take him on more. It never works out. It never works out. You're never going to be the mom. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> it's like the the doctor telling the blonde that she's pregnant, and the blonde says, "Are you sure it's mine?" You have to. Know. Exactly. I'm a blonde, so I'm a blonde, so I can say that. I can say that, girls. Don't it's give me so dirty looks. All right, guys. <laughs> Great job tonight. Appreciate you being here. Thank you. Thank you, Mara. Love you. Love you guys, too. Good night. We'll talk to you next week. All right. I'm going to check real quick. 850, did you want to come on? If you did, just say your name. If not, then I'll go ahead and remute you. 850. Okay. Let's go ahead and remute them. I just, I don't know if they can press 1 or not, and they aren't in the lineup. So 850, if you do decide at any time you want to come on, just go ahead and press 1. I just don't want to leave you sitting there if you're not able to because the lines are messed up. I'm going to go ahead and try to bring Mr. Doug Curry back on, see if we can get him. Doug, are you with us? Yes. Yes, I am. You scared me. (laughs) You know, it's kind of fun. It's not fun when I can't get all the callers on, but it is kind of fun when we have – line issues because I get to play tracks and I get to talk to people a little bit more you know so it, it's it's, it's kind of different but then I sit there and I, the whole time I'm stressing about you know who's trying to call in who's trying to call in oh no I feel so bad but I'm glad you hung out with me for a little bit so we can get you to read something else well it's good, good. And, and I'm glad that we got some other people on that's really interesting about your puppy that's you know if even if he's not I mean, well depends even if he's not high percentage wolf you got three kind of really dangerous characters there. <laughs> Shepherds, huskies are, <laughs> are a handful. They can be something else. Huskies and, are cheeky little boogers. Shepherds yeah. I'm completely comfortable with. I've had them. Uh, huskies, I've had those. I've had one of those as well and would never get another one, even though they are my favorite dog. I will never have another one because I am not a good mommy for a husky, even though I love them. I know I'm not what a husky needs. If I moved to Alaska, I would have huskies. Um, and and the wolf is just kind of a whole shock. What's going to happen, he can be 12.5% wolf. And the way uh, her wife was speaking, he's going to be right at 50% maybe, maybe a little bit more. And she sent me pictures of his grandfather and his mother and father. And his father's head's bigger than her torso. You know, it, he's a big dog, and this is going to be a huge dog. The vet said he's going to be anywhere between 100 and 140 tops. So he's going to be a big boy. Yeah, but, you know, if if something happens and legally I cannot have him where I live, first of all, I think that's really irresponsible of the breeders to not tell me the content and do no vetting of me, which they didn't do, and just said, here, take our little German Shepherd mixed dog, and, oh, by the way, after the fact, you know, he's a wolf dog hybrid, and so we're just, it's something we're having to deal with. It's like someone giving you a baby and then saying, you know, you can love it, but you, we're gonna, there's a chance we're going to take it away, and you just don't know. And it's, so it's been really, emotionally, it's really hard right now, not knowing. But the good news is, is that, you know, maybe they didn't, you know, it could have gone to, if I didn't get him, he could have gone to a different home. And if he'd gone to a different home and it was too much for someone to handle, they often end up in kill shelters because they can't foster out or adopt out dogs with wolf content. That's an automatic kill shelter dog because legally they can't because of the liability. So if for some reason his content is too high for me to keep him, he's going to go to James Wensapien, 
who has wolf dogs, who's raised wolf dogs. He has the property for them. He knows how to handle them when they get older and they're not just a cute little puppy chewing on me, you know. <laughs> so so the good news is, is that if I cannot keep him, that James, who we all know and love, um, will be getting Lakota, and, and my little wolf puppy will be going out and living with his wolf puppies. So, yeah, we're just, it's, we're all up in the air, and I was like, we're waiting to see if the adoption goes through and if I get to keep him, and so it's crazy. It's nuts. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> oh, I know, I'm so excited I know about my little baby. Oh, I know how that can be about animals. I had to take a dog and a cat today to the, to the vet. And if I had to sit there and wait an hour for me to be at the doctor, I would have been a little madder than I was. But, I, you know, they, they needed it. So I had to sit there and wait almost an hour to have the two of them seen. But it was two of them I needed to have them seen. Now they got all their shots they were not happy about. And, uh, oh, over and you're a good pet daddy, so that's awesome. Absolutely. So, anyway, um, I, a lot of what I write is historical stuff. Um, it's either stuff that I read, imagined, know generally of, and imagined myself into the core of it. Um, as with the last thing we did about the, about the Roaring Twenties, um, some of uh, and and the poem after that was simply titled 1932. So I have in my repertoire a sequence of poems that had dates on them and give you a slice of life from right then. So this is called The Summer of 45. I don't know, and I'm not talking about our president, but I, I don't know if everyone understands or immediately catches the significance of the summer of 45. Birds fly away, the ground shakes, humanity breaks, it is done. Yellow men disorient to ashes and dust, their shadowy images burnt onto walls, vaporized, it's dust. Osalamos, Hiroshima, Nagasaki, it's done. A nuclear quake, a seismic eruption as the gods forsake and A-bombs shake the earth. And and Paul. Phenomenal. I really love the slice of life poems. I love your your Polaroid snapshot. Um, I think that you are one of the greats that I know of my contemporaries with that style of writing. You know, you just it's it's just it is it is absolutely a snapshot. The way that you can write and create and and. Uh, You know, freeze that moment. That might be an interesting idea for you to do that as a workshop sometime. You know, talk about how how do you write about a life? How do you bring a Polaroid to life in poetry? How can you write? You know, think about the things that you do and and you know what you think of and how you think of them. You know, pay attention to your process, and that might be a fun thing for you to work on. Mhm. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um. Um. I enjoy doing it. It enables me to enable great just a little bit of something and a whole lot of stuff that I may or may not know. I mean, if you just if you just focus on on a little tip pin, uh, tip of a pin, then you really have to concentrate on it. You know, who was involved and who was the protagonist, who was the antagonist, and what happened, what was 
expose the result as it affects more people than just the ones who were involved at that moment, you know, and, and mm-hmm. what were some of the, so, you know, there's, there's a, there's a whole tree of, of knowledge that you can explore just from, you know, the, the, the tip of a pen, just all of it. And, um, I find that for me at least more satisfying than to try to be a global thinker and not to, to, uh, to say anything bad about people who have a broader view, but it's certainly necessary. I mean, I'm, I might get lost on the tree in the forest, cause, but I'm looking at this tree that's not burning, and I'm, I'm saying, oh, it's got, it's got this kind of bark, and there's, there's, there's marks on it, like maybe a deer was here, you know, and the forest is burning, but, I'm, you know, I've got the whole pedigree on this one tree. So, you know, there's absolutely room for people who have more global view. And I suppose and I hope there's room for someone who just wants to really concentrate and say, hmm, this is the this is the tip of a pen. But I wonder what's uh, what's around it. So that would be me. <laughs> I like and that. I, I, I get to come here on Thursday where you can you know, you at least tolerate me. <laughs> uh, tolerate you, where I groupy you. <laughs> Consider <laughs> yourself grouped, okay? I could I could stand that. <laughs> I got gripped by oh. Nyla today. <laughs> I didn't say both. It was groupable. <laughs> Nyla says I'm groupable. Yeah, this is probably going south pretty fast, huh? <laughs> this is actually a good All right. Show. What's that, hon? I said, this is actually a good show tonight. (laughs) You know, we have to use a little more. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate you being here, honey. Do me a favor again before I have to let you go. Tell everyone how they can come over and show you love. And where you can tell them where they can come group you. Group you. I just want to give you, I want to say this to you. What we're doing tonight, this reminds me, I'm sitting in a radio studio right now because Thursday night they're recording the show. But this reminds me of when I, maybe I'm in the, in the studio and I might be on the phone and the one CV ends and I haven't gotten the next tune ready and I open the microphone with no idea what I'm going to say. And I just keep talking <laughs> on the microphone. I got two hands working off on the side, keep trying to find the next tune. And then I play it and say what it is just like that's what we was meaning all the time. They just don't know, do they? I've been working in radio since I was 18 years old, so I'm right there with you. I know exactly what you're doing. I remember one time, the worst thing I did, it was in the 80s, and I had just got through playing The Cure, um, something by The Cure, I remember, and I yelled it, and it was when I first started at that station, and uh, I was messing around with the, the engineer who was there, and I said, hey, is it okay if I play this Madonna crap after The Cure? And I had my mic live. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> uh, so sometimes it's better when you try to freestyle it than when you just totally mess up. <laughs> it was funny. We had all kinds of people laughing, calling in, and, and giving me hell about it. Let's uh, let somebody else get it. Uh, I'm Doug Curry. I'll be found on Facebook under that name. Please also visit me as Blacks and Blues on Facebook. Also on uh allpoetry.com, manchild, M-A-N-C-H-I-L-L-D, 99. And, again, I would recommend All Poetry is a good place to, you know, 
set down your bucket and, and go to work as a poet or as someone who likes to even read. They not only have poets like ourselves who are inspiring at various levels, but they also feature a lot of classic poetry by all of the great poetry writers. So it's, a, it's an interesting That's place awesome. to at least give it a visit sometime. Will do. All right, sweetheart. Thank you so much, honey. Okay. Thank you. All right, babe. We'll talk to you next week. Okay. All right. Let's go ahead and try to get 419 on. 419, are you there? Hey, Nala. Hey. Hello. How are you, sweetheart? Good. How about you? Can you, can you hear me pretty good? I can hear you very well. Thank you. I'm so okay. glad you got in tonight. Me too. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to do actually the newest poem in my book, Tears from the Hood. Uh, I've never read this poem before. I've never shared it like in open mics or anything. This is the first time. Um, it's called Generation Gap. Uh, I uh, <clears throat> give you a little background. My uh, uh, my grandmother was really instrumental in my life. I mean, she, um, like, like she was, she was my, my rock. And when I was in high school, she she married a Southern Baptist minister. And they moved to Lorain, Ohio. Uh, and I'm from Toledo, so in the, in the summers, uh, my cousin and I, who's my same age, used to go visit her. Uh, and I would just do anything for her. But um, my step grandfather, he couldn't stand me. I couldn't stand him either. Uh, in fact, he told me I wouldn't live to be 21. You know? Wow. Uh, and so <clears throat> this poem called Generation Gap, it starts out, you know, uh, with that particular line. Okay. Graham said I wouldn't live to be 21, but I hadn't lived his life past 60, son. In that time, I've been to hell and back. So don't get up in my face talking smack. With the blood of black folk, you've been paid for, nigga. Think you got hard times? How the fuck you figure? There was a black youth named Emmett Till. His death started moving that is going on still. Sister Rosa Parker says so, so that you could ride. Brother James Brown gave us back our pride. From Montgomery to Selma to Washington back. We let the world know that we were proud to be black. Martin, Malcolm, and Andrew Davis fought the government that was trying to enslave us. And the Black Panthers came and they gave us hope. Taught us black power was the way to cope. Afro's, dashikis, and the power sign was our, our way of saying, I'm down for mine. And here you come with your bullshit color, fucking over your sisters and killing your brothers, killing your brother. calling your family either Call red or blue. You ain't black, brother. You just strange fruit stew. My brothers and sisters, we've got to unite. This ain't about black and it ain't about whites. It ain't got shit to do with the generation gap. That's just a bunch of philosophical crap. It's miscommunication that's been designed to perpetuate a slave mentality mind. It's all about the kids that we have lost. We've got to save them at any cost. We've got to teach them that they don't need colors. That we're in this together, sisters and brothers. Step up, fathers, and let's save our sons. Help them pick up their books and put down their guns. Teach them that a mind is a terrible thing to waste, and that part of their future is education-based. Each one, teach one. Peace. And poem. Do you know what I love about that piece? Is I so truly 100% with my soul believe everything that you're saying in that. Every generation is born without prejudice. Every generation is born colorblind. 
And if people, right. I mean, how would you like it if I walked up to you and you knew I was intentionally trying to manipulate you into believing something and do something, and you knew I was doing it, but you just let me because it was easy, right? Yeah. What kind of person does that make yeah. you? But we do that every single day. Prejudice is taught. Yeah. Seeing colors is. is taught, and it is taught by yeah. people with a political agenda who has something to gain in our division. We are all just right. people, and there is no color, you guys. You know, right. and and if you sit back and let yourself buy into the prejudice, the hate, you know, we don't want everybody to be exactly the same. Think of how boring that would be. Think if you walked into a museum and every single painting was the exact same painting. And there was every mm-hmm. single poem sounded exactly like in every house. We have to have that diversity, that difference, that yeah. color, that spice, that flare, that fire, that ice, everything. You know, and we should devour each other with curiosities, not with hate and not with gunfire right. and not with bombs and not with prejudice. But devour right. each other with a hunger and a knowledge to understand, to share, to learn, to grow, to celebrate, you know that we are this yep. amazing, huge museum full of such a diverse and, and collection of art. Yeah, and no matter what, you know, when you break it down to the lowest common denominator, we're all in this together. Exactly. We are, you know. You know, and, and you know, if if you guys don't believe me, go stand out in the middle of the forest. I'm using, I've used this in a poem I wrote, but I'm going to change the analogy of it. But go stand out in the middle of the forest and look up at the hawk and try to explain a black man to a hawk yeah. so that he understands what you're trying to talk about. The hawk yeah. don't care. The hawk don't no, see no. color. So when you want to think about how important is something really, go look at a hawk. It's free. It has food. It has shelter. It has a voice. It exists with everything, and we are the same. We should be the same yep. as the hawk. Okay. And I will be on running for president this year, folks, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Nyla for president, yeah. All right, sweetheart, do me a favor. By the way, you guys, um, go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody, by the way. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Melvin D. Johnson. They can be found on Facebook under that name and also on YouTube. Very cool. And you guys, Melvin Douglas Johnson is one of our sponsors for the Speakeasy Cafe 2019 uh, year licensing. And just want you to know, honey, how much we appreciate you doing that. And you're amazing and uh, real proud to be in this with you. Thank you. I'm I'm proud to be here. You're welcome. All right, sweetie, we'll talk to you next week. I'll try. I'll I'll make a concentrated effort. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, baby. Okay. Bye. All right, everyone, you've been listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. It has been awesome. Thank you guys for hanging in here with me tonight and uh, getting through these technical challenges we had. It's been really fun. I'm going to close the show with Prince A.E. with Dear Future and we will see you next week. Good night, everybody. Dear future generations, 
I think I speak for the rest of us when I say, sorry. Sorry we left you with our mess of a planet. Sorry that we were too caught up in our own doings to do something. Sorry we listened to people who made excuses to do nothing. I hope you forgive us. We just didn't realize how special the earth was. Like a marriage gone wrong. We didn't know what we had until it was gone. For example, I'm guessing you probably know it as the Amazon Desert, right? Well, believe it or not, it was once called the Amazon Rainforest, and there were billions of trees there, all of them gorgeous, and... Oh, you don't know much about trees, do you? Well, let me tell you, trees are amazing. I mean, we literally breathe the air they are creating. They clean up our pollution, our carbon. They store and purify water, give us medicine that cures our diseases, food that feeds us, which is why I am so sorry to tell you that we burn them down, cut them down with brutal machines, horrific, at a rate of 40 football fields every minute. That's 50% of all the trees in the world gone in the last 100 years. Why? For this. And that wouldn't make me so sad if it weren't so many pictures of leaves on it. You know, when I was a child, I read how the Native Americans had such consideration for the planet that they felt responsible for how they left the land for the next seven generations. Which brings me great sorrow because most of us today don't even care about tomorrow. So I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry that we put profit above people, greed above need, the rule of gold above the golden rule. I'm sorry we use nature as a credit card with no spending limit, overdrafting animals to extinction, stealing your chance to ever see their uniqueness or become friends with them. Sorry we poison the ocean so much that you can't even swim in them. But most of all, I'm sorry about our mindset. Because we have the nerve to call this destruction progress. Hey, Fox News, if you don't think climate change is a threat, I dare you to interview the thousands of homeless people in Bangladesh. See, while, while you were in your penthouse nestled, their homes were literally washed away beneath their feet due to rising sea levels. And Sarah Palin, you said that you love the smell of fossil fuels. Well, I urge you to talk to the kids of Beijing who are forced to wear pollution masks just to go to school. See, you can ignore this, but the thing about truth is, it can be denied, not avoided. So I'm sorry, future generations. I'm sorry that our footprint became a sinkhole and not a garden. I'm sorry that we paid so much attention to ISIS and very little to how fast the ice is melting in the Arctic. I'm sorry we doomed you, and I'm sorry we couldn't find another planet in time to move to. I am... You know what? Cut the beat. I'm not sorry. This future, I do not accept it. Because an error does not become a mistake until you refuse to correct it. We can redirect this. How? Let me suggest that if a farmer sees a tree that is unhealthy, they don't look at the branches to diagnose it, they look at the root. So like that farmer, we must look at the root, and not to the branches of government, not to the politicians run by corporations. We are the root, we are the foundation, this generation.
generation. It is up to us to take care of this planet. It is our only home. We must globally warm our hearts and change the climate of our souls and realize that we are not apart from nature. We are a part of nature. And to betray nature is to betray us. To save nature is to save us. Because whatever you're fighting for, racism or poverty, feminism, gay rights, or any type of equality, it won't matter in the least. Because if we don't all work together to save the environment, we will be equally extinct. So, 